You can drink triple sec by itself? I mean, yes. if you want. Well, I mean, I guess you can drink anything by itself. <laughs> I just like artificial orange flavor. I don't know why. Yeah. Anyway, Leslie, this is basically how the podcast starts, where we just say random shit, and then I decide to say, hey, hello. I know, I've watched. Welcome <laughs> to another episode of Space Time Taco. The first episode of Space Time Taco of 2023, in the first episode of Space Time Taco, with Leslie Kimono Jones. Yeah, and the first order of business is that I have a bone to pick with you. With me! Literally in the last taco, you named every Will Friedle movie, but could not name Will Friedle for your life. I got there eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how do you remember H-E Double Hockey Sticks, but you don't remember his name? The worst part is, I don't remember H-E Double Hockey Sticks. No, no, I do remember for him. I remember the my date with the president's daughter, not because of him, but because of the girl that played Alice in Wonderland. The pink dress. Hello. Oh, yeah, the pink dress. Okay. The iconic Sorry. pink dress. Um... Nate, I guess, didn't watch Disney as a kid. He doesn't watch no. Disney as an adult either. Uh, <laughs> I do watch Disney as an adult. I just oh. don't watch Disney Channel stuff. <laughs> okay. Right? Like, you can't say I don't watch Disney as an adult when, True. like, for entire months all we talked about was Star Wars. And then all we talked about was movies we watched on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, Bad Batch comes back Thursday and I'm super fucking excited. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. I'm just trying to finish Wednesday right now, so... Yeah, me too. Well, anyway, yes, that's Kimono Jones. A.K.A. Le Leslie, Hi. A.K.A. Kimono Jones. And we got Nate, A.K.A. A Little Teapot. I almost said my name for you. And me, yeah, Chris, A.K.A. Tom Lerbrito. <laughs> uh, Alright, well, instead of our normal so many tangents that we go on for three hours, we don't ever actually do that. I do cut a lot out most of the times nowadays, but um, we are using this entire episode to just talk about what we liked and our highlights and random shit that we enjoyed from uh, 2022. Now that it's over, we're in 2023. Uh, Nate, we're on episode 160. I noticed when I was making the cover for this episode that I'm like, oh shit. It's, oh, a, it's a round number. Um, Wonderful. I also happened to look at things. Um, st 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 not stats. What's that word? What's the... Metrics. Uh, metrics. I don't know. That's not really the word I'm looking for. <laughs> it, they, hold on. Let me just pull. Analytics. That's the word I was looking for. Okay. Um, I looked at the all time to see what episodes maybe have popped up as like the most popular. Um, I'm sorry to say, Grandma Sex is now not even in second place. Oh man, Grandma Sex has been usurped. Um, <laughs> weirdly, because Grandma Sex was beaten out initially by Netflix's for furries. Um, mm -hmm. It is now in third place after PS5 pre-order problems. I guess people like <laughs> liked us complaining about PlayStation. Um, uh, so a podcast, a, a podcast full of people that don't even play PlayStation. Not because we don't like it. It's because one, we can't find it, <laughs> and two, it's you know can't afford it. That's a fucking expensive console. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I do hate that the, the fourth most downloaded episode is the first episode, and that is, like, the worst episode. Oh, yes. Because it was a fucking pre-E3 predictions from 2016. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think we need to get Grandma Sex back on top. We need to do Grandma Sex 2 this year. <laughs> uh, sure. Okay. Uh -huh. Okay, so what was Grandma Sex about? 
Um, something Nate said sounded like he said something about having sex with his grandma or something. <laughs> I don't remember the exact. <laughs> I clipped it at one point, and I need to actually make a real clip of it and make no. it like a TikTok video or something. Um, but I it was said just... something about my grandmother and. Dave was still doing podcasts with us at the time, and so I don't even know how we arrived at that point, but he made a joke, and that turned into this whole discussion. Not even really a discussion, just him jabbing at me that, like, I want to have sex with my grandma. <laughs> no, and that was the thing. I think we specifically said, we didn't say specifically your grandma. We just said mm -hmm. a grandma. A grandma. <laughs> I think it wasn't that bad. It was just, you know, general gilf. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> you know, like you do. Just a casual gilf experience. Yeah. Hey, you know what? They're getting younger and younger every year. <laughs> I meant like, you know, whatever. Uh -huh. <laughs> Speci <laughs> the specific ones, maybe not. But like, in general, generationally, they seem to be getting younger. <laughs> Oh boy. Is this leading into you making a case for fucking grandmas? I mean, not really, but if you think about it, like, we are in our 30s. We could have had kids much earlier, which meant our parents would have been gilfs and. What? Are they both gilfs? Because it's both G. I don't know. Is GILF a non, is like a non-gendered term, technically? I would assume so. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Today I learned GILF. <laughs> the, pro the progressivity of GILF. Gender is gender neutral. <laughs> Once you become a grand, is it, okay, do you say grand or grand, grandmom? It's grand. It is grand, right? I mean, technically, it's grand, but no one pronounces I, the D. I mean, when you put the D on it, I just think of croissants. <laughs> <laughs> what? Grands. Oh, grands. Okay. <laughs> See, and you barely pronounce the D in that, so it just becomes grands. <laughs> G-R-A-N-Z, grands. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, this is a, a best of 2022 episode. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to Grammar Lessons with Spacetime Taco. <laughs> uh, I think we should go bottom up only because, you know, technically we're still a video game podcast. Um, <laughs> and I know, Leslie, you filled some stuff out, but you, you didn't fill everything. I didn't know if you just had stuff that you were going to randomly pull up. That's okay, too. Uh, I decided not to put any of it on the main thing and put it all yeah, on my own little doc. Yeah, the, f the fuck. I was literally looking at the sheet like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I have. No, no, no. Nate, Nate put stuff on. I have a lot of stuff. Like, I will literally hold on. Let me copy. He has this a lot is of great because I've been, from us. I've been in a bit of a, like, media coma this, this? past year. So That's my wow. list on its own. I don't know if you have it pulled up right now. If you scroll down... That's all my stuff. I see it all now. That's quite a lot. Let me go and copy this into my Word document so I don't flashbang myself on camera again. <laughs> there we go. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Okay. No, leave this here. No. All right. Fine. <laughs> Wait. There. Are th yes. Because there are things that I was going to want to talk about. Yeah. 
Yeah, and some okay. of it, like, so in general, like, because of how we're, you know, broke motherfuckers, um, a lot of stuff is not, it doesn't have to be something that came out in 2022. It could be something that we finally got to experience or something like that. Good. Uh, Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Things I'm... are going on the board. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, for instance, because I saw you highlight certain things in the te- TV section. It's like, yeah, that started last year. Or, sorry. 2021 technically um but anyway yeah uh nate you want to start with comics in manga yeah let's start with comics and mangas um so i think i should should preface this all by saying american comics were not my jam until very much this year um by the grace of chris taking me to third eye and showing me how to actually buy comics correctly um, I mean, I guess, yeah, sure, I'll take that well, credit. <laughs> you ex- you explained it to me in a way that made more sense to me, because we've talked about this, how, like, my thing was collecting manga, and manga is just one through whatever, yeah. till the very end. Like, I don't have to worry about, in this case, like, Batman 125. Like, without you saying, hey, that's the beginning of a new Batman run, there's mm-hmm. no way I would know that unless I went to other media and someone had said oh yeah batman 125 is a new batman story yeah um so that helped it make sense to me but i am enjoying collecting american comics now i still have many laying around this room that are unread and still need to be read so they can be bagged and boarded um but we had some things that stuck out to me and i feel a few other people um this year as well so if we're just starting with comics, I have to find my list here. What happened to it? I told you you shouldn't have copied mine on there. I shouldn't have. Hang I had I have yours. Do you want to know the first thing you have on there? I think I have eight billion genius. You the first did. One. And that one actually is the one thing that Kim actually started reading this year too. What gotcha. is it about? So Eight Billion Genies is a story with this ridiculous premise um the premise is the title so one day everyone on earth gets a genie that can grant them any one wish (laughs) um and so as you can guess chaos like immediately ensues um no one is responsible with these well almost no one so a great thing about this comic is in the very first issue, about one-third and then two-thirds of the way through the comic, you get these panels that show you the state of the Earth as events unfold in the comics. So the first one is like, okay, everybody's alive and everybody's got a genie and the Earth is round and perfect and normal. <laughs> then you get two-thirds of the comic book, the Earth is a cube, over a billion people have died, <laughs> and things are exploding everywhere. Um you get this great panel near the end. So one of the main characters, he owns a bar, which is where our story primarily takes place right now. And he uses his genie and wishes that no wish that happens outside of the bar has any effect inside of the bar. So like, even if someone was like, Hey, I'm going to blow up the world. Like it just wouldn't affect his bar. It's like a safe (laughs) Um, haven from everything else. Smart. Yes. So at one point, some guy opens the door to the bar to look outside, and you just see a panel full of just absolute in- insanity. I mean, there's, like, 
people like piloting Gundams. There's dinosaurs everywhere. There's a guy like with a jetpack. All kinds of crazy stuff. You get these individual panels of people making their wishes, where like this like very alternative looking girl in this very posh home is like mad at her family and says, "I wish you burn in hell," and they just burst into flames on the spot. <laughs> um, so you get this kind of craziness. The story really is just sort of like a treatise on human selfishness versus altruism versus thoughtfulness in general. Like if you had one wish, what would you do with it is basically the question that the story asks you. Unlimited Dr. Pepper. (laughs) Yeah. When you said the earth was a cube and a lot of people were dead, I was like, yeah, that sounds realistic. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Um, Is that, that one's not done yet, right? That one's still running. It hasn't finished. I believe it's still running. It is a limited run. They are, and I think it's supposed to be 12 yeah. issues. Um, but, I mean, I'm having fun with it. I'm still reading it. It's it's a very wordy comic, which usually isn't my thing, but this one's so interesting that it keeps my attention. Um, yeah, but I'm only putting it up here now because I recommended it before, but this is like, if you're not reading any other comic book this year then you should probably go read 8 Billion Genies. <laughs> um, but other than that, uh, the other American comic I got into this year, Really Deep, which isn't even finished, and like, comes out with an issue now like once every three or four months, which is really annoying for me. Um, but that's We Have Demons. Um, so, We Have Demons. I- I'm into like these sort of almost supernatural mixed with sci-fi kind of comic books and we have demon kind of touches on that where basically there are these two elements they fall to earth one of them creates demons one of them creates weapons for fighting demons um and this battle is raised on forever and ever um i won't spoil a whole lot about this comic because it's really something you have to read to understand but if you like just cool action, if you like some of the art style of things like Witchblade, for example, um, this is kind of a comic right up your alley, honestly. It's got cool action scenes, it's got great dialogue, it's got some pretty serious moments where you find out the history of a lot of characters and how they came to be where they are in this world. Um, It's not like a brain teaser by any stretch of the imagination, very simple comic, but still entertaining. Um... And then the last thing I have here on my list for well, actually, comics. Hold on. Before you go away from that, uh, I wanted to let Leslie know. Um, we have Demons is actually the the team working on it is Scott Snyder and uh, Greg Capullo, who wrote oh, Court yeah. of Owls. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say you might be interested in that one. Yes. Um, cool. But the last one I have is a manga that technically came out last year, but was so late last year that most of its issues were released this year. Um, and this is sort of just a breakout artist who's gotten popular in certain circles I follow, but the manga is called My Divorced Crybaby Neighbor. Um, (laughs) these are not the most creative titles in the world, but this is a very creative manga. The art style is like nothing you've ever seen before. It's very thick, intense line art with very simplistic character designs. Um, but that lets the artist fill some of the panels and some of the pages with a ton of color. And make it really, really pop off the page at you. Um, 
but this is a simple like romance story. It deals with a woman who is recently divorced, who has a ton of anxiety about getting in a relationship. And she finds this really nice guy who's actually into her and it's just friendly and decent and actually gives a shit about her. Um, and the manga basically goes on about how head over heels she is for this guy. <laughs> um, it's just fun. It's sweet. And I love it to death. This, the artist for this, whose name keeps escaping my mind, deserves a ton of credit for their work. Um, let me actually pull that up. Uh, just so they go to... by Zugoya, so Z-Y-U-G-O-Y-A. This is very eye-catching art. Yeah. Oh, I like so, the, the one other thing. Recommendations. Please give me your blood, I will serve you in gratitude is another thing you made. <laughs> yes. Wait, um, no. what? That's the yes. name of something? There's a, yeah, I pulled up uh, just series and one-shots by him, or by them, and uh, there's that. There's when I returned to my hometown, my childhood friend was broken. Oh. That did, is the other one I'm reading. You read that, yeah. Yes. All right. Please give me your blood, I will serve you in gratitude is actually hilarious mm. <laughs> not as horny as it sounds no it's another romance slice of life thing but it just involves a vampire girl okay um no everything they make so far has been great cool okay so genies demons and divorce crybaby neighbors yeah there you go yep <laughs> thing, that's the thing have you been reading anything this year <laughs> Oh heck no! I'm just gonna yeah. write all of these down. You just gonna, and then okay. Next year, I'm gonna be like all the things you guys <laughs> told me to read <laughs> last year. I read. <laughs> yeah. Well, the I was gonna say the first three uh, comics. Actually, most of these I've talked about. Only the last one I didn't really talk about one year. Um, but I've brought all these up before on pre previous episodes. Uh, the first arc with the first story I'm going to bring up is is done, and you can get the trade right now. Uh, it's called I Hate This Place, which is about a couple that inherits a ranch that is basically like a magnet for every possible paranormal and fucked up sci-fi thing that could possibly happen. Um, after dark, you don't want to go outside because there's ghosts that roam, and if they touch you you experience their death um and not only experience it like visually you just die however they die oh yeah um God. unless something stops you if somebody's able to bring you out of it or you somehow escape it yourself um and that's just one of the fucked up things beyond like the random demon the poltergeist that's just a little bit of an asshole um and aliens maybe we're not 100 percent sure yet uh it is very, very brutal, very funny, uh, and like I said, the first trade is out, um, and if either of you want to borrow it, I have the, the good trade that has fuck this place instead of I hate this place, because, you know, you can't publish everything with fuck on it for some reason. Um, <laughs> the second one only has two issues out so far, I just read it last week, uh, and that is Door to Door, Night by Night, which is basically this group of door to door salesmen uh like down on their luck kind of people that are doing this hoping to make something better of themselves um in the first episode meet this woman who kind of helps them out in the first issue i want to say episode uh -huh. and uh in doing so have the entire world of the supernatural open to them when they have to burn a demon um 
she, the girl they meet, leaves, and they decide moving forward as they go town to town, they are also going to keep an eye out for all these weird, strange things. Uh, and in the second issue so far, there's some weird little glowing goblin guy that basically can cause other people to hallucinate that other people are the goblin and beat the shit out of each other. Um, it's fucking weird. It's weird. Oh, I love it. Um, it's actually because Nate was talking about the fact that he waits, reads all of his comic, and then bags and boards them. I bag and board everything immediately um, and just read everything digitally on my tablet. This series specifically, because it is a, a more independent publisher than like an image or dark horse, um, does not have that online. So I actually have to read it physically. I like I, It's the only comic I come home after buying and immediately read it. Um, so I'm excited to see where it goes. It It is very weird. Uh, and I love the art style for all of these, to be honest. Um, and then the third of the, uh, American comics is Stillwater, which is probably the longest running of all of these. Uh, it is one of the newer series from Chip Zdarsky, who Nate hears me talk about it all the time. I've told so many people, I literally read every single thing that Chip Zdarsky puts out, um, and this one specifically is about a guy who receives a message about getting an inheritance from his grandmother that he never knew. Uh, he goes back to this town and finds out from a kid jumping off the roof of a building um, that nobody can die. Nobody can die. Nobody can get injured um, or age. So he's come to a town where everyone, time is basically stay at standstill and kind of becomes part of a revolution of the people that want to leave finally especially since the kids who have lived as children for 20 some years uh want to finally actually be adults and be able to age up and not have to be a little little dude i don't know it's weird um it's just weird how violent in the language that these what look like 12 year old kids are saying when they're actually like in their 30s um, it's gotten really strange. There's been a weird hiccup with how the town works. Um, and that's all I want to say without being too spoilery. Uh, it is still ongoing. It is, I think it's got like 16 issues out at this point. Um, but I highly recommend it. Uh, especially if you like just, I don't know, slightly creepy, not horror, but just where you're like, mm, I don't like that, but I'm still going to keep going with this. <laughs> um, the other two things, now we're on just manga, because I read, I read way too much manga. Um, I just, last, literally, like two weeks ago, read through and caught up on Kaiju number eight, which just got, an, it, they just announced the anime adaptation is coming. Um, yes. Yeah, and that one literally is just a story about the world that has kaiju constantly attacking it, and this guy randomly ingests a, a tiny little kaiju thing. I know that doesn't make sense, because, you know, kaiju is not tiny, but he swallows it, and it somehow fuses with him, and he becomes, has the ability to become a kaiju, uh, and beat the shit out of other kaiju, um... And even in the story, as far as it is, it still, there's so much that we're getting to. Like, he just now, however many chapters in, kind of has control. Like, feels more in control. Um, 
So I'm very excited to see where all that goes. I'm very excited to see it animated because it is one of those, like, every time you see a fight scene, you're like, I want to know what this looks like without just seeing still images. Um, and I kind of feel the same way with this other one, uh, Dan to Dan, which is also getting adapted. Everything is getting fucking adapted, um, which is good. This one is basically uh, two high schoolers meet, basically make a bet that because one believes in ghosts, one believes in aliens, and they bet each other to go to a very haunted place in a very UFO sighting-y place. Um, and in doing so, both find out that aliens and ghosts are real. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one finding out that she has some kind of ability to prevent. Uh, she already has like some superpowers or magic magical powers. Um, and the other guy, the boy, uh, becoming possessed in again getting powers and being able to slowly control what he's able to do um this one is a little bit more on the pervy side though because the aliens for some reason are just after the human's genitals <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why it's manga uh <laughs> usually whenever whenever something's questionable and you're confused you just say japan because it kind of is with most of these things um but it's another one where I'm like, I'm excited to see this get animated. Uh, along with, I know Nate's tired of me hearing it, and I don't know if you've heard me talk about it all that much, Leslie. Uh, this year, this past year, has been fucking incredible for One Piece. No, yeah, I know, I know. Believe me, I never expected me to like it, Leslie. I never that expected. Not, that is not at all what I thought you were going to mm -hmm. say. <laughs> I, in 2020, I fucking read and caught up on that shit. Uh, and then in this last year, it has been ridiculous. Um, to the point where, like, I see people that are talking about what's going on in the anime right now. I'm like, oh, give it a year and a half when you catch up to the manga. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, because it, it really has, like, the last story arc ended and we are now in what the creator has called the last story basically um so i'm excited to see how it ends i'm glad i didn't have to wait fucking 30 fucking years to see how this goes because you read a lot of one piece i'm I, 1071 chapters yeah it in doesn't a very short amount of time in a very yeah it doesn't take that long um i caught up because that's the thing i caught up on it in about two months maybe um but I also, in 2021, I was unemployed for a little bit. I had jobs where I could just sit and read comics in my free time. Um, so it worked out. So I was able to, I literally, in, in 2020, I literally read all three of the big three from beginning to end. Uh, and I still stand by the fact that Naruto sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not going to get any complaints over here. Um yeah, and the last thing I read is actually it's a um a webtoon comic. Uh it's called The Greatest Estate Designer. And it's an isekai cuz that's the only thing I normally tend to read um about a guy who was like in his original life an engineer of some sort. Um but he wakes up within the world of a light novel that he read as a really shitty character that dies very soon after where he gets dropped into the story. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, but because he knows everything that happens, he one uses his knowledge of the the world he's in, and his knowledge of, I guess, future housing technology, um, to bring his very indebted family back into the the. Is it the black? What's the, the right? Red is bad, right? Yes. Okay. I don't know money. Um, <laughs> I have none. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he basically is able to bring his family back into uh, into good standing because that like is a main part of why everything goes wrong. And he just ends up going from being what is supposed to be a really shitty character in a story to one of the nicest people you would ever possibly see in a anime or manga. Because, you know. Why wouldn't you, right? You know all that future stuff. You got cheat abilities. You have weird little fuzzy creatures that can do manual labor. It's weird. Manga's weird. I wouldn't recommend that one to both of you as much. I love it. Random <laughs> general audience, I recommend it. You two, I don't think either of you would like it. <laughs> I mean... I, I've watched... I watched plenty of anime where it's literally oh. just, hey, I'm going to this other world and I had a special skill in the world I came from and now I'm using that to make my life better or everyone's life better. True. <laughs> I mean, there was one that I read, I can't remember what the fuck it was called, that was basically a guy who won the lottery so much that he never had to work ever again in his life, ended up because his family was coming after him asking for money. He's like, oh, I'm just going to move into my dead grandma's house. And uh, in doing so, discovered that there was a portal to another world. <laughs> <laughs> so he was using his money to help these, these like, far back, like, not up to the times, like, ancient civilization kind of shit, advance their technology. And I'm like, okay, that's an interesting take. Cool. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, yeah, that's good. Anything else? Any of you with the manga, comics? Nothing. Okay. Cool. No, I don't think so. All right. What do we want to go to? Anime, TV, movies. We'll probably go over to. I want to go to something Let's where see. Leslie has stuff to talk about. Because <laughs> yeah. we talk, we talk enough. I don't know. Oh no, it's fine. Well, yeah. Like I said, I did not indulge in much 2022 mm -hmm. media so i'm a lot of it is just gonna be me wanting to know what you all did because the fact that you even read comics you're miles ahead of me mm. i'd love to read comics in theory but like nate i like i would just walk <laughs> in and be like well <laughs> here i am <laughs> i don't know where anything starts and ends <laughs> All right, now that just means I have to take you to a comic shop and be like, "All right, this start here." Yes, you yeah, know, Miles. Yeah. Miles just had a new his series just started up at a new number one. So, mm -hmm. well, let's move on to uh, TV for our next category. There are some things there Leslie has listed. Okay. So, Leslie, what do you have up there? <laughs> Oh, goodness. <laughs> well, yeah. I only have two, but I'm going to chime into what you guys say, because I I probably watched more TV than I can think of. But the first <laughs> thing that I have there is Abbott Elementary, which Chris also had in his honorables, I think. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Um, that show, it's not nerdy per se, but I think nerds enjoy it. Um, it's absolutely hilarious. I think it's very true to like elementary school inner city life because I went to elementary school in the city and dealing with all the like teacher shortages and budget cuts and like children being reckless and the, the teachers being adults but not really because they are yeah, very young adults also yeah. figuring their lives out like yeah that's just a very hilarious show and I am not somebody who enjoys The Office like I watched it up until Jim and Pam got together and then I was like eh I'm done <laughs> <laughs> mystery's over but it's in the same like mockumentary vein so yeah and i liked parks and rec so oh yeah nate nate didn't watch any of that stuff until uh i don't know if you listened to the episode he absolutely loved um the good place the good place is oh great. my yeah. gosh that's... i did watch parks and rec last year and that was phenomenal oh you did watch parks and rec yeah no oh, i didn't know that how yes, can you say you park... don't like sitcoms if you like two of the best sitcoms I don't like them in the way that everyone else. I don't like the ones that people keep telling me that. They and I know like. how much you love Friends. Look, I am inventing a time machine to delete Friends from history. <laughs> <laughs> no, I need Friends to exist so the guy that plays Joey—I can't remember his name right now—can go on to play a stupid pilot in the weird two <laughs> thousands movie version of Lost in Space. <laughs> Friends can exist, but I'm replacing the cast. Okay. Joey can still be there, but it's just going to be a lot of really good black actors this time. So we keep Joey and Chandler Bong. <laughs> yeah. All right. In Phoebe. No, it's Chandler Bing, but the, I think <laughs> at one point in an episode, somebody called him Bong and it stuck for a little bit. I don't remember. Um, so the, yeah, of the Friends cast, we keep Joey, Chandler, and Phoebe. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I don't care about any of the other people. Um, <laughs> no, Abbott Elementary is fantastic. We have not watched any, like maybe one or two episodes of season two. Um, but. You'll enjoy the Halloween episode. Yeah. Uh, the scene, the beginning, like opening scene where Barbara has a hard time remembering actors and, and people's names. <laughs> I love the fact, I don't know if you know this, that's based off of real conversations that the actress has had with Quinta. Yeah, it, I think I knew it's that. It's fucking that's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> sure they didn't just base the character on you. <laughs> I know most things. Again, <laughs> if I'm... We have to... to go on whole journeys for you to get to okay. an actor's name sometimes. Yeah, I, here's the true. thing, Nate. I just witnessed it. Nate, would you ever remember that actor's name? No. I said, no. Who, I said, who directed Guardians of the Galaxy? And you were like, I gotta Google that. I'm like, if you would have asked me, I would have had it immediately. Because I was trying I, to remember. I, nah. I don't need to remember things. The internet remembers them for me. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> this, is, this is why the new generation is so stupid. No. Um, no, yeah, I absolutely love it. Uh, as well as... Um, the other show I had under honorable mentions, and they were only there literally because it was uh, previous year continued into 2022. Um, but I had Abbott Elementary and Grand Crew, which um, one of the people online people that I'm a fan of, uh, Iffy, uh, I think 
one of you have talked about if you with i can't remember uh has written or directed either wrote or directed it um the cast is fucking hilarious it is such a good show and i'm so glad that both of those shows are coming back uh as well as the third one ghosts which because grand crew is basically a group of friends that i think they had a bar they went to a bar and their favorite bar closed so they had to find a new place and just a wine a wine bar opened up and they were like well i guess we're wine bar people now um and it's kind of like they the the bar is the the like the opening closing setting where they all come to hang out um and then the regular day-to-day adventure fun sitcom stuff happens beyond that nate this is a sitcom you might actually like um because i'm gonna tell you now it's no white people (laughs) yeah i looked it up yeah (laughs) all right i I would like to to put a disclaimer here. Sitcoms are not enjoyable based entirely on their presence or lack thereof. I'm just going to tell you. Hey, I, I've seen it, it your history. It makes a difference, I gotta say. Yeah. I mean, it makes a difference, absolutely. But it's not like, oh, hey, here's a sitcom full of black people, therefore good. <laughs> no, I, that was more of like, because we were just talking about friends in you know oh, yes. we we know what's yeah yep um but no a great show uh the third one on there that honorable mentions was just ghost which is specifically the american remake of the british version of ghost <laughs> um where it's just woman and her fiance slash husband i can't remember if they're married in either of the versions um inherits a really old mansion from a very completely unknown family member uh, has a near-death experience and then is able to see all the ghosts that are haunting the house, um, and it's just a straight-up comedy. It's not like a, it's not like ooh, here's horror or anything. It's it's just hilarious. Yeah, um, I've seen the the like promos for that one. Yeah, uh, they uh, they have their own terms for what they think, like going to heaven or being dragged to hell. Uh, is and like the one for heaven is they all hope that at one point they get sucked off (laughs) uh fair enough yeah it's great i highly recommend it i'll highly recommend it either version of it um the uh american version has the main characters played by rose mciver who is the main character from izombie um i don't know if you've watched that i know nate has watched it there we go Uh, it is i remember the show yeah um yeah, definitely good show. All of them are back, right? I th- oh no, Grand Crew's still not back yet, but the other two are in a new season right now. Um, I have one thing on here specifically that I wanted to talk about, but also I was going to make Kim run over and talk about. Okay. Let me see if that cued Kim to run over and talk. Yeah, I was, I was expecting. <laughs> I was expecting. I want to talk about this one show, but I want Kim to talk about it. Honey, Cam, yeah? you want to come talk about our flag means death? I have my headphones in. Oh, they had their headphones in. <laughs> there we go. And in this situation, I don't know what you're talking about. I know nothing about gay pirates. I know nothing. Talk Hi, about Kim. our flag means death. Hi. Hi. Um, Can you tell us about Our Flag Means Death? Yeah, it's a gay pirate rom-com, and it's the best. 
<laughs> Is there more you would like to share about this television show? You should watch it. <laughs> I mean, that's as much of an endorsement as I need. Right. Stellar review. Yeah. Five out of five. Yeah. Two thumbs up. It's a it's a 18th century pirate. Uh, very little accuracy. Um, show where they fall in love, and it's great. <laughs> It has Taika YTT as Blackbeard, which is also good. No one ever... I mean, you can't have enough of Taika. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, what's his face? The other guy. Reese Darby. Yeah. Yes. Also mm. great. Yep. No. Do you want me to say other I, things? I don't know. I mean, I don't know the what fact you're trying to get you me to do. <laughs> hyper fixate on a show for a whole year. Okay. And this is all... All right, I love you. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god. Uh, we're gonna have that up on the that's gonna be on like one of the official review spreads for yep. our flag means death. Just show good. Kim. Show good, dude. <laughs> Go watch. Show good. <laughs> what? Nate said it, not me. I was repeating it. I love you. Hold on. I got more. Oh wait, Kim has more. There's more. Wait. wait. Is the more everything you read? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, let's just talk about the fact that I make pottery about it and read a bunch of fanfics, so. Oh, wonderful. There's, oh, yeah. The show that. is perfect for fanfic. It is very perfect for fanfic. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's all I do, ever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's like the only show that's still on HBO that they haven't cut from the fucking app um do not put that out into the universe knock on wood um yeah speaking of shows that got canceled um not our flag means death it's continuing it got a second season uh <laughs> i um binge watched the entirety of a show called Dollface on hulu uh i don't know if either of you have heard of or seen it it's a cat endings um rom-com kind of thing not rom-com okay. it's a comedy with romance in it uh it is fucking ridiculous and it's got bird to song in it. yeah uh it was one of those shows where i binged the entirety in one literally one sitting and it kind of just stuck in my head and i finished it and then a week later they announced that it was canceled mm. it was very upsetting um it's precious that you watched this it's fantastic. I highly recommend it. Uh, I will say, cis white man, probably not. Probably not the uh, target audience of the show. Yeah, that's why I was um, like, it's, it's very cute that you watch this, because I wonder. <laughs> I like that kind of shit. How much, uh, like, yeah. Like, of everything on my list of TV shows, this is definitely the one that is like, this doesn't seem like everything else you would normally watch. Um no, I highly recommend it. It is very absurd to certain expense, uh, 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 to a certain extent. Um, Matthew Gray Goobler's in it at one point. Um, well, it's got Cat Dennings in it, so I'm going to watch it based on that alone. I mean, if it wasn't Cat Dennings, it's Brenda Song. Um, I mean, who doesn't? Who doesn't? Are you googling who Brenda Song is? No. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. <laughs> I was typing in the show name again so I could keep a tab open for it. <laughs> I'm just going to save this notes list. Please don't delete this. I won't. I'll leave it up. Um, another show that Kim and I actually watched all of uh, has the great one, the greatest title ever. And it is one of the best, like, <laughs> parody of a thriller mystery kind of show um called the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window that's an isekai title right there it's I not was... it is <laughs> so good it, i like, was skeptical about the title or have you like about well about it period <laughs> yeah um no it is as ridiculous as the title sounds um and it's one of those things where, like, it, it it straddles a line of so goofy, but then every once in a while it comes back. It's like, oh, no, this is, you know, there's some serious heart to it every once in a while. And then it's like, oh, no, wait, hold on. <laughs> um, I don't even remember when this came. I feel like this came out in fucking February of last year. Uh, I definitely remember. Oh, holy shit. January. That, it premiered in January. And it's funny because I definitely watched The Woman in the Window. Mm-hmm. And that movie is like takes a ridiculous turn, so it's funny that they came out with a movie that basically makes fun of that. Yeah, um, I highly recommend it, especially if you are a fan of uh, the actress that my brain does not want to remember. Kirsten Bell. Oh yeah, my God. thank you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say Veronica Mars, and people would have gotten it. We so. Also, I was going to say, we just talked about The Good Place. True. My mind also, the second thing goes to uh, Gossip Girl. And she's only in one episode when she's just the voice of Gossip Girl, but well, not she actually. she is Gossip Girl. How dare you? She's in every episode. No, no, no. <laughs> but, like, physically, she's in a single episode. She's not Gossip Girl. She... I'm Ugh, not gonna... I don't want to talk about that. No, we won't. <laughs> I, I still stand by the fact that, that sh those showrunners did not know who Gossip Girl was. I don't care if it was Mason. Yeah. And it's okay if Gossip Girl was nobody instead of what they did. <laughs> uh, really, the rest of the shows, I'll talk about the one that isn't a Disney Plus show. Um, another one that Kim actually really liked and actually read all of the uh, graphic novels that the series is based off of, uh, Heartstopper on Netflix. Um, if you've not watched this, it is a adorable, um, Kim, what's the genre? Romance? Kinda? Slice of life romance. Kim put their headphones back on so they can't hear me. Um, <laughs> but no, it's, it's basically the story of this gay high school kid who falls in love with a guy and that guy kinda is on his own journey of his own sexuality um mm -hmm. and it is one of the best shows that i i've yeah, cried so much um and that is a good thing crying is not a bad thing for a show you cry so much for this show <laughs> i cry at everything shush yeah that's what i was gonna say is you <laughs> but i also i also look at like to me if i don't cry at a show as long as it's not like straight up comedy if i don't cry at a show i don't think it did a good enough job telling a story if i cry that meant i got attached to something in the show uh if it if you show me a super sad thing and i'm like oh, okay whatever 
Um, I don't know. You got to hit the level of if I think about it, I might tear up a little bit. Yeah, that's a fair gauge. Like Futurama. Makes sense. Why you got Baymax? Oh, (laughs) if I think about Tadashi, I I get sad if I think about Tadashi. Someone someone sent me a Baymax for Christmas. (laughs) Oddly enough, you say that. Hold on. Oh, are we all about to just pull out our Baymaxes? Because I don't have a Baymax. Oh, well, there's a goal. Get Leslie a Baymax. Yeah, I'm Baymaxless. I'll just throw one at you at the next show. <laughs> I, also, I also have a little Baymax. Damn it, I knew you were going to go get one. I'm the only Baymaxless person. <laughs> I have no one to help me. You got to get a uh, a mother in law that has hug. people that make these things. Now, we're going to get a Baymax plushie, and at the next. next Brawlesque show. We'll just throw it to her as a tip. <laughs> People are so confused. Like, oh my god, how rude. They threw a plushie at that girl. <laughs> I think that just means that... I think that just means that your next performance has to be like, Go-Go. Tamako. Tamako? Tamako? Can't remember her name. Oh, we avoid... Children. <laughs> no, they're not children. They're in college. They are in college. Yeah true the only one that isn't that is a child is uh the main character hero hero yeah they feel like children but she's voiced by i also haven't seen it in so long. jamie K- K- hold on <laughs> no i can't remember. i would love a compilation of chris just trying to figure out people's names I usually Jamie Chung. There's like an hour of content there by itself. <laughs> it is. It is. Chris has. I, I, this is. I avoided doing the whole trying to leap through different memories to eventually be like, well, bam, this person. Um, I just googled that one. I didn't want to waste too much time. Uh, where the fuck was I talking about? Oh yeah, Heartstopper. Really good. Highly recommend it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nate, do you have before we talk? Because I feel like we might all talk about mm-hmm. oh you know what i forgot i had sandman on here did either well, yeah. of you watch sandman no so no. you can talk about sandman and then we'll go on to yeah parts. um i have always wanted to read the sandman comics i could never read the sandman comics Same. because i fucking hate the artwork <laughs> Ooh, personal personally yeah it, it's just not my thing um and i've talked about this so many times I, I nothing against the artist if I don't click with art I can't read the comic um, oh I see what you mean yeah it's the same thing with, with oddly enough a lot of the shows that have been adapted from comics like the boys uh, couldn't click with um, that what's that key the key lock and key on Netflix couldn't could not mm-hmm. get into the artwork for that either but I really enjoyed the story um so I'm glad that there are the adaptations of those kind of things. And Sandman is definitely one where I started and I just did not want it to stop. Um, again, it's another show that we got more Gwendolyn Christie and she didn't get killed off. So we get more of her whenever she decides to pop up in the second season, which they did actually confirm is happening. Um, highly recommend it. Uh, the actress that plays Death is the actress that plays Chidi's girlfriend in the reset timeline 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Is that the timeline when he makes the peep chili? I think that's the timeline when he makes yes. the peep chili. Yeah, okay. He goes completely insane and makes peep chili. <laughs> yeah, that's when we found out that that actor has just a, a six-pack that nobody knew he had a six-pack. He just takes his shirt off and it's like, well, bam. We just keep making a joke <laughs> about him being surprisingly ripped and then all of a sudden... <laughs> um, but yeah, I highly recommend it if you are in any way a comic-y person. Um, if you're a Neil Gaiman fan, 1,000% recommend this. Uh, and if you have a thing for tall, lanky goth boys, you might like this I show, too. I was going to say, this just looks like goth, the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very goth. The one very annoying, edgy, gothy person I dated was very much into Sandman comics in their youth. <laughs> the one? There was one. Okay. Uh-huh. It's funny because I only know Tom Sturridge from right before Twilight was going to come out. He was like a big fan cast option for Edward Cullen. He was in. I've never seen this man before. I didn't think he existed until. What? No? Yeah. I knew who he was. I mean, if he's as tall and as lengthy as you say, then he's perfect for playing Dream, so. I don't. But yeah know who this man is and i literally only knew him from his cheekbones i only know knew him from like girls thinking he was hot he looks like uh i don't know i his his face does not look real (laughs) i don't know how to describe him without being insulting all I know is now this man I could like. No clue what you're about to say. This no, man I didn't, could stand in an apartment store next to mannequins, and I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. <laughs> he does not look like a human being. <laughs> he looks like someone's idea of a human being. We're being really mean to Tom Sturge for yeah, no reason. He's a really. Started. I just wanted to mention. Yeah. <laughs> Girls on the internet thought he looked like a vampire. In like I can, you know what? I'll, I'll give him. He, if you cover up the face and just look at the jaw, it's the same jawline as fucking uh, uh, Batman. What's his name? Robert Pattinson. Thank you. See, I can't Robert think of Pattinson. actors. Robert Pattinson. Um, <laughs> which we'll talk about later. Uh, anyway, Nate, what do you oh, got yeah. on your TV? Wow, it's been a really that long was year. this year. It's been a really long year. I can't believe. <laughs> I told you, I told you there was no way I was going to remember <laughs> all of the well, things that I wanted to put on the list. <laughs> I don't watch a lot of TV, and so the one thing that stood out to me as far as a series goes this year, um, there are other things. Chris has most of them on his list, and we're going to get to those, but the one thing that stood out to me personally was Love, Death, and Robots Season 3. Um, I love Love, I Death, and Robots. Watched ever since season one came out. Um, I like sort of these collections of things. Um, Like if someone were going to ask me like, what's my favorite matrix thing? It's probably honestly the animatrix. (laughs) Um, But love death and robot season three is just amazing throughout. I mean, this is, this is artwork in film. It is, not just, oh, here's a showrunner and here's a series of actors and here's a script and we're going to tell a story. 
it is these individual stories broken down and it pays homage to the animators, to the artists, to the writers who are really able to tell so much of a story in such a limited amount of time. <laughs> um, very true. And I mean, one of the best ongoing stories has been the three robots story where it's just three robots living in sort of a post-apocalyptic world, right? Ooh, and they're they discovering come back for season three. They do. And yeah, so yeah. there's three ongoing episodes of just three robots now. <laughs> um, and that one always sticks with me because it's all the things that I look at when I read news and stuff like that of like, okay, here's how the world potentially ends. Here's how humans do this. And the funniest part of it is it's like all the plans that people had to survive the end of the world just didn't work. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> Is it's it goes from like oh they find like this prepper camp and then they it's like all the people died there because they found out like you can't eat bullets so <laughs> they're all dead. Um, they go to a seastead which is like a tech bro kind of thing where all these people are supposed to be living in luxury and stuff like that and realize like hey we have nobody to serve us and so the big irony there at the end of the series is like these guys created the robots that sort of rebelled and ended the world. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's every story they tell in Love, Death, and Robots is just amazing to watch and amazing to watch again because then you pick up on those details you missed out and you get a complete story every time you're going through it. And there's no other series I can think of where I can watch one episode and go and just sit there and reminisce on the episode and find out the entire story right then and there. Yeah, I really love this season too. I will say, I think I'm the only person that was deeply affected by the last story in a bad way. Everybody mm. really, the Jabaro one. Mm -hmm. It's the gorgeous, the most gorgeous story easily. But yeah, that one stuck with me for a really long time. And I think that's a good thing. Like you said, they tell such incredible stories in such short amount of time. Yeah. But yeah, that one like really deeply upset me. Mm -hmm. I'm I mean, glad, like, I'm glad how how it ends. How it ends is great, but yes, I mean it's not surprising that it would. I mean, don't spoil it. I'm not going to yeah. spoil it, but I know I'm a little bit. Yeah. It's just, a, I mean, yeah. it's an insanely dark story mm -hmm. to begin with. Like, it is just incredibly. It starts off in a way where you are given a lot of questions, and the way they answer those questions are meant to be disturbing. <laughs> um, I think the only other episode that falls into the same vein as that is probably The Witness from Season 2. That was also a highly disturbing story in and of itself. I'm looking for it's a story where a woman basically witnesses her own murder and then tries to escape. Oh, the girl, the that loop. That is okay. one yeah. of the best. That is, I fucking love that one. Yeah. Not yeah. only that, the uh, the fucking cosplay that came out of that one, too. There we go. Well, then there's what? also it hilarious. It was! <laughs> Shut well, up! There's hilarious we it stories too. We talked about it. Like, uh, Night of the Mini Dead is funny. Um... And so is Kill Team Kill. Also hilarious. So, 
but there's there's just tons of episodes I could go through and recommend every episode of this honestly there's there's a good thing there's good things in every single episode of the series so far they just haven't missed and it's a credit to the fact that they're not trying to craft ongoing stories they are just letting artists do what they do best I wish we got more of that personally yeah I mean the closest we get to that beyond that has been like uh what's the star wars visions right everybody the different production yeah. companies got to create their own world or own story within star wars not having to care whether it was canon or anything like that mm-hmm. and star wars visions is great too i mean some of the best star wars anything and came out of visions and people are now looking at very people have been looking at various episodes of star wars vision going i would like a series based on this episode yeah. shit i think <laughs> fuck that was last year wasn't it yeah also highly fantastic and incredible um just basically disney star wars the disney plus star wars shit has been great in general um leslie i have to ask i keep seeing it i've heard people mention it and i know nothing about it what the fuck is yellow jackets it is a thriller show about a group of teenagers in 1990-something. It's like very late 90s type thing. But it's like a sports team, and they're on the plane to go to the championships, and they crash. So it's oh. kind of like it's it's like two different timelines. So it's you're watching them in the woods, um, and there's like supernatural elements to it, which is pretty cool. And then you're watching them as adults in oh. the real world. Yeah, because they survive. Hmm. Yeah, some of them survive, and like they're That's out there for I think like a year and a half. And you discover that they like basically turn into these like feral tribes somehow. Okay. But there's a lot of mystery. There's a lot of like supernatural spoopiness. Christina Ricci is in it, and Ooh. she is fantastic. Hmm. I will say, though, it is gory, obviously, because, like, there's a plane crash. Uh, but it's, like, practical effects, which I am a huge fan of mm. practical effects. Um, so everything is, like, ultra gross, but it's really good. So, yeah, I had heard so many people talk about it, too, and I wasn't sure what it was about. Um, it almost gives Stranger Things in the, like, retro, like, reference field type thing but it's the 90s not the 80s but. yeah but yeah and it's only i don't know how many episodes it is it's not that many it's only 10 episodes so far yeah. and they just renewed season two and three. Oh wow okay yeah is it regular so, television or is it streaming it was on showtime uh, oh yeah, I see. Yeah, I had to. I literally had to get the Showtime app. <laughs> it's like, like be through the free trial. We forget that yellow. We forget that Showtime exists still. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that it does. Stars still exist too. I'm pretty sure Stars still exists, but it's like still the same old pay per view. Get this one satellite or cable TV channel. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, but it's very very good. So highly recommend. There's like coming of age stuff. There's like gay stuff, which everybody loves, <laughs> and, and it's funny because I actually—it's one of those shows where it's like I don't know which characters I like and don't. They're all very ambiguous in their choices. Like yeah. none of them are all all good or all bad. So very gray area kind of characters. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then some of the ones that are like straight up unhinged are like, why am I rooting for you? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really, really good. I'm very, very much looking forward to season two. That comes out in March. Okay. I have that so. pulled up so I can check that out later. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it's very dark and dark and mysterious and very cool. Okay, so on to what we're, I guess we're just going to call the Disney Plus block, because um, mm-hmm. Nate, you, <laughs> I know I know Nate's watched all this, and I'm pretty sure, Leslie, you've at least watched some of this. No. You didn't watch any of this? Hold on. I don't have Disney Plus, no. Oh, you haven't watched Miss Marvel? Or She-Hulk? She-Hulk, mm. you know how I, I have a hot take about She-Hulk. You know how I feel about She-Hulk. What was your hot take about She-Hulk? It hasn't been recorded like anywhere. I CGI. Oh, have you watched any all. of it besides what was put online? I've seen clips of it. So, no, I haven't, like, sat and watched any episodes. I don't know if I'm willing to give it a chance. Yeah. I The only reason... The I'm reason I say like it. it, yeah, I know. I was going to say, the reason I say it is because a lot of people were sharing specific clips that were, like, from somebody that still had motion smoothing on their TVs, and that just made it look like absolute shit. Um, what kind of propaganda that was rude? Yeah, exactly. Um, I still love, there's a video of, like, I think it's uh, uh, Tom Cruise being like, turn motion smoothing off. That doesn't look good. <laughs> um, but no, hey. But no, tell me about it. I would love to hear what the ratio to single female lawyer to fighting crime is. There is, I think overall it's a pretty decent ratio. Um, I mean, it's mostly focused more on her life personally. Um, And I think one of the most interesting things about it is the main villain of the series isn't like a super villain or anything it's basically toxic masculinity (laughs) (laughs) uh and it's done i think personally i thought it was done really well um the the switch between just her trying to live her life now uh having to be this super powered person um and still just being a lawyer for the most part i thought was handled pretty well uh they there aren't too many super fight heavy episodes um like one of one of the best episodes is her just at basically a meditation retreat almost yeah um like that is one of those episodes that i'm like oh if you i I guess i wouldn't be like that's the episode to watch i would just tell you to watch the whole fucking series um it's not that (laughs) long just binge it (laughs) <laughs> I'll give you the password to Disney Plus. <laughs> um, but no, I, I I don't know, Nate. What do you think? How do you, would you describe? I mean, it's it's a good show. I, I think what people have to understand is that when this show came out, there were immediately going to be detractors of She Hulk. I mean, I, I won't say I won't ever recommend anyone reads the comments. I have an addiction to this kind of thing. Um, so in reading those comments, you have to realize that there were people who literally thought She-Hulk was a character that Disney had just made up, that there was no, like, girl version of the Hulk. (laughs) Um, But 
No, I mean, as far as like the ratio goes, for example, a lot more of it is just us dealing with Jennifer than it is dealing with She-Hawk. <laughs> um, the CGI, I get that it can be distracting, but it's passable for the most part, especially viewing it in context. Um, it, and even when it does show up, it's not on screen for a very long time. Like you aren't just watching big CGI superheroes beat each other up all day. Um, but it is the, the core of the show really is someone who really doesn't want to have superpowers and doesn't want to be famous having to come to terms with that and not just like, Oh, Hey, I'm famous and everything's great now, but I'm famous and everything's terrible. <laughs> um, so it's, it's an interesting show. It's a good show. Is it like the best thing Marvel has ever put out? Absolutely not. But it is much better than people have given it credit for during its runtime. Yeah, that's fair. And also to clarify, um, as a Law & Order SVU veteran, I'm glad that we get more single female lawyer. That's what I would be hoping for in a She-Hulk yeah. show. Um, I will tell so, you, yeah. With, yeah. with the lawyer side of things, um, Charlie, fuck, I can't remember his last name. The actor that plays uh, Daredevil, um, Cox, Charlie Cox, uh, came out and did say that the new Daredevil show is going to have more of the lawyer side than the original Daredevil had. Um, and mm -hmm. hopefully that we get more of, with spoilers, if you didn't know, uh, more of him with She-Hulk, because that was a part of the series that was very enjoyable. Um so I would I'm excited to see more of that. I'm just really hoping we do get more in general. I hope it's not like, hey, maybe we're not going to do another season. Because I think where we left off with her is perfect to continue on and just have like a almost like a, or a case of the week kind of situation. Um, yeah. Because we got a little bit of that, but it would take a break every now and then for the more gen-focused storyline. Um, it would. I mean, the cases in the show are interesting in their own right they're very they're goofy cases but they're fun to follow all the way to their conclusions and the show uses the cases that jen picks up kind of as a vehicle for an exploration of her character as a whole um and it it really just moves the plot her cases are great for moving the plot is the thing like you aren't just watching a case disconnected from the rest of the story mm -hmm. all of the cases she deals with in the show connect to the ending in some way plus you can't forget we did get it the opportunity to have she hulk twerk with megan the stallion i did see that yes also that yes <laughs> it's very, that feels very so meta i yeah there's like few, there are a few things that i like hold really close to me and like she hulk i love her so much mm -hmm. just as an i just love her so much that i hesitate to watch because i don't want to be disappointed which is why i've never seen any wonder woman um really just, yeah no i i saw batman vs superman which we won't talk about the but... first the first wonder woman is okay the second one wonder woman was trash uh i've heard yeah i i saw the waves of disappointment i've yeah <laughs> 
That's why nobody was really upset when it was like, hey, Wonder Woman 3 is not happening. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> Hopefully we oh still gosh, get that game, DC, though. The DCEU is like a whole... <laughs> That's why, what, if you notice, that is. there's only one single single DC movie that is on the list uh, of my list, and that's because I think it was the only one that actually came out this year. Maybe oh, Black Adam happened, didn't it? Yeah. No, it didn't. Yeah, it happened ish. <laughs> it happened so much that The Rock just publicly took the L on Twitter for it. So, <laughs> um, but no, yeah. So that's She Hulk. Uh, me personally, of all of the uh, Marvel shows, Miss um, Marvel was the one that I was most excited for. And even after watching it, it probably is one of my favorites. Um, obviously, they changed some things. Uh, spoilers if you have not watched, in this case, Leslie. Um, they did basically recanonize Miss Marvel as a mutant instead of an inhuman, which is really entertaining because. If it, if Miss Marvel if she would have come out like two years beforehand in the comics she would have been a mutant, um, yeah. So that was always an interesting change that I'm glad happened. Um, there have been multiple re or demutantizations. Yeah. There? <laughs> Over the time, I mean, at one point, I think even um, Scarlet Witch was and wasn't a mutant. Yeah, um, is she a witch? Is she? She like, had some, Sometimes she is is Magneto's daughter. Other times she's not. I don't fucking know. Um, <laughs> we definitely don't know in the current MCU. Uh, well, no, we know in the current MCU. It's just they got there in a very roundabout way. <laughs> no, I mean, like, what if she actually is uh, Magneto's daughter? Is Magneto's daughter? We haven't. We don't know that because, like, her mind has been altered. By Charles at one time point. Oh man, MCU, fuck, fucking everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but no, I I really enjoyed Miss Marvel. Uh, we have that one. I feel like we talked to death because along with She Hulk, we did week to week on uh, yeah. episodes with that. Um, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. That was the the my favorite thing about that uh, about the shows is we've been able to do like. Every other week, we do two episode talks about the two episodes that came out at a time. Um, the only one that we didn't really do that was Andor because Andor we like waited until a full story arc happened in the in the uh, the episodes. Um, mm -hmm. Which, if if you are a Star Wars fan at all, that is probably one of the best pieces of media uh, Star Wars or Disney has put out with Star Wars attached to it. Um, okay, so we liked it more than The Mandalorian. Yes, for yeah. different reasons. Um, Andor is the most mature thing that has been put out by Star Wars. Um, because it really is, it is the lead up to Rogue One. So if you liked mm -hmm. Rogue One and you like that more serious uh, take on Star Wars universe, that is what Andor is. Um, yeah. And like, I mean... just certain parts of that show just hit so fucking good uh it's funny because they've actually if you go on youtube don't watch them if you don't want to spoilers or anything but <laughs> disney has been uploading all of the monologues or speeches from andor and it was literally like three or four that were all uploaded i'm like oh i guess that is mm -hmm. kind of a big thing in this show um yeah. which isn't something that you get as much in the other ones uh but yeah well, I, it's so good it's so good 
I mean, I think it's good because it is a more grounded series. I mean, the the fact that Andor, first of all, for me, was kind of a... I, I know it was announced and everything like that, but for me, it's a surprise. The announcement of Andor was a surprise because our introduction to this character in Rogue One was him meeting an informant and then murdering that informant. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was our introduction to this character. So... We already knew something was kind of up, but then for them to go back and flesh out his backstory from this this guy who really is just forging his own path in this world that where everything kind of sucks now that the Empire's taken over, um, it lets us peer into those background characters you saw in like the original trilogy. Like it's the story of how someone becomes a rebel in a world where that is literally their only option at a certain point. Yeah. Um, basically, I mean, if you, if you take it as a whole canon thing, um, all the way up through the original trilogy, like Andor is one of the primary reasons that the empire is defeated. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, just an unsung hero who was in the background, but it, it, it tickles that part of your brain where you're watching like random rebel soldier, like number 32 on screen get murdered by a stormtrooper, And you're like a part of your brain goes like, okay, who is that guy? <laughs> um, that's, that's why I appreciate the show. And it doesn't feel as like, cause we've had, we had solo where it's like, Hey, we're, we're answering questions that you didn't know you even had about the character. Um, it really is like, hey, you really like that show. We're just, or you really like that movie. We're just going to give you more, and like build on to somebody that you you didn't get enough time with because it literally was like, hey, here's two hours of him basically counting down until his death. Uh, so yeah, if this is that's probably like of all of these shows, if you are a Star Wars fan, if you are an adult Star Wars fan, because um, this is definitely this is the do not watch with your kids Star Wars show. Um, and I think that is, I'm so glad that we are getting that because even mm-hmm. with the, the Marvel TV shows, aside from maybe werewolf at night, werewolf by night, which I forgot to put on this list. I completely forgot that we watched that in October and it was fucking amazing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely like up there with mature titles. Finally, that Disney's like, Hey, maybe we can do this. We can get into the slightly mature stuff. Not everything has to be family friendly. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't yeah. you? Ha- you had something else on your thing, didn't you? Or is that all you had TV wise? Oh, you had Bad Bitch, Bad Bitch. Yeah, oh, that's so. Bad Bitch. I did, I did say it at first. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, Bad Bitch. Bad Bitch. <clears throat> no, um, I had Bad Batch on here because I think through series like Clone Wars and stuff like that, um, the clones in Disney. Star Wars have always kind of been idolized and been made out to be like these these grand heroes, right? It's the way the Republic and later the Empire wants you to see clones, mm-hmm. right? Where Bad Batch deals with this point in Star Wars history where, okay, the clone project is on its way out. And so they're ready just to replace them all, but they've got these groups of these super elite clones who have value in some way. Um 
And so they're kind of protected, but that also gives these clones an extreme amount of privilege, which lets them get away with a lot of the shenanigans they go through. But I think one of the best parts of this show is it deals with, we have a canon reason why clones are indoctrinated to do the things they do. Yep. But this lets us explore that deeper to the way like real life soldiers are indoctrinated. Um, to the point where you have one soldier who's like a good soldier follows orders because of a chip in his brain. But the more he repeats that, the more of an effect you see it has on the rest of the squad where it's like, okay, do we actually follow orders here? Or is there something ethically and morally wrong with what we're doing right now? Um, And then you get this great story of betrayal and eventually reuniting and all this other stuff going on. It's just a great story if you're into sort of those tight-knit, like, war movies. Like, if you ever watched the second half of Full Metal Jacket, which is the part (laughs) that I actually want people to fucking watch, um, (laughs) that's kind of where Bad Batch comes in. That's the kind of story it tells, is the Mm -hmm. effect that warfare and soldiering and you know, being in a military has on a person. And again, super excited for season two to start up in literally like five days. Um, and it's just, uh, you know, it, it's cool to see something that started so long ago on fucking Cartoon Network still be considered or it's still continuing and also canon to the actual universe. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Want to run through anime real quick? Yeah, let's do anime. I'm saying real quick because I realize it's like, do. I don't have it. Please do what? Anime. Oh, okay. <laughs> Nate, you want to go through yours first? Sure. Make this as quick as possible. So, Cyberpunk Edge Runners. I've talked about it. I try to get Chris to watch it. He did watch it. It's beautiful. Um, it's beautiful, just not my kind of story. It's beautiful. It's not his kind of story. I think it tells, if you're not going to play the cyberpunk game, this anime does basically tell that story for you with completely different characters. Um, <laughs> it got I mean, better. The, the point is, is that the world of cyberpunk sucks for everyone all of the time, and it doesn't really matter how good you are. There are people who are on the top of that world who will always find a way to beat you. Um, That being said, and I got this quote from an anime reviewer I watched, so this is not me, but this anime is like punk rock on screen. Everything that they do in the show is supposed to be explosive and bombastic and over the top, but it hits those right subtle notes where you get deep connections to characters that you don't really expect from this kind of show. Especially something produced by Studio Trigger, who is known for just going balls to the wall and everything all the time. Um, but it's a really, really good show. And if you like anything cyberpunk related, just and I'm not talking like cyberpunk as a series, something Mike Pondsmith created. I'm talking about cyberpunk as a genre. If you like cyberpunk, this is an anime you should watch. Because it has everything that is essential to the cyberpunk genre in it. And it shows that cyberpunk is not a world meant to be idealized. It's a shitty world. (laughs) Um, It's dystopian all the way through. Uh, But to move on, we've got the other thing that is very much punk rock anime is Chainsaw Man. Um, 
Chainsaw Man is probably yeah. I mean, just just based on the manga alone, Chainsaw Man should, and I'm saying this reading it up to its most released chapter at this point, should go down in history as one of the best manga of all time. <laughs> um, it is just such an amazing story with so many twists and turns. Um, it presents itself to you up front as like your typical monster of the week shown in battle anime. But when you read that first chapter and you realize the main character is a guy who is not only just completely down on his luck, but has actually been shaped by that fact. Like he's not smart. He's not ambitious. He's not, you know, going for the gold or anything like that. This is a guy who just wants to have a decent life. I mean, he's literally um, going for the bread in the beginning. That's all yes. he wants is bread. <laughs> he just wants bread with jam on it. Um, <laughs> I mean, everything about Denji makes him a great character. The The way that it progresses in its, I guess I can call it a second season of the manga, we're focused on a new character for a lot of it, but... Denji does make a return and kind of comes back doing the thing you expect him to do, which is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we're, yeah, we're at the, the show... halfway point for that. We're at the halfway point of the first yes. story arc. So, but the show itself, um, Studio Mappa, who is working on the anime, did a great job of bringing everything in the manga to the screen. The action flows in. A quick way but a way that makes sense it's beautifully animated the use of cgi is brilliantly executed in the show um camera work is over the top colors are great i mean this show is is a work of art on screen really it is people who you can tell the people who made this cared about making chainsaw man a good anime mm. <laughs> um it is and, funny and i love <laughs> I was going to say, it's funny, Leslie, you bringing up uh, how uh, gory the uh, the Yellow Jacket show was. Uh, when I knew that we were going to be talking about Chainsaw Man, which is probably one of the bloodiest anime series I've ever watched. Because, um, I mean, he's literally a man that has chainsaws on his head in his arms. So th there's very little chance of blood not going everywhere. Um <laughs> No, I it, yeah, it's been a fantastic adaptation. Um, I love the little sneaks, sneak peek kind of things they've been giving with the uh, the use of multiple ending um, credits instead of having a single because they have the single opening theme, but every episode has a different end, end credit song, um, and they've used that to like focus on different characters and sometimes even give glimpses of future things that are coming up in the series. Uh, oh, and for cool. yeah, for manga readers, it's really entertaining for us to be like, oh, it's the thing, but we can't say anything <laughs> to anybody. Uh, <laughs> Just the meme of Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the screen. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> um, no, yeah, definitely recommend that if you... Uh, it, weirdly, it's funny that manga in general was recommended to me based off of me loving Jujutsu Kaisen and mm -hmm. watching it or reading it, I was I was kind of confused, uh, and then the fact that Mappa basically is doing a animation for both of them, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, that definitely fits. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, beyond Chainsaw Man, um, 
out of the list that I have here, which is four, so there's two more to go. This is actually my least favorite of these four, but still yeah. one that I actually like a lot. Um, it's Licorice Recoil. General premise is you've got this very peaceful Japan, but it's peaceful for a reason. And that is because they have basically child soldiers. <laughs> um, so they recruit these girls into this like assassination program. They're called Licorice. And they just train them to basically go and take out threats. All the threats are predicted by this like super smart AI computer and this organization oversees the computer and does checks and balances on it and stuff like that. Just make sure they're already report. <laughs> yeah. They're they're very much making sure they're just taking out the right people. Um that being said, there is sort of a B plot, which does tie into the A plot a lot, where there are certain people in this world who exist who are born with specific talents. Um, one of our main characters, Chisato, actually has a talent to read people's muscle movements so precisely that she can predict where you're going to shoot before you take a shot. And so this gives the effect on screen of her being able to literally dodge bullets. Um, and I don't mean like Neo bullet time. I mean, like in real time, she's just stepping out of the way of people taking shots. <laughs> um, her partner, Takina, has just basically perfect accuracy with every shot she takes. Um, the first scene we're introduced to her, introduced to her in, she's with a team of licorice and one of them gets captured and they're freaking out. They don't know what to do. She picks up a machine gun and sprays in the room, and you think she's just doing this, like, haphazardly. But it turns out that she knew exactly what she was doing, and every shot she took was perfectly placed to kill all the bad guys and leave her teammate alive. <laughs> um, but later on, those two pair up. They go through this crazy adventure until they meet another one of these people with the special talent. He has just amazing hearing to the point where he can pretty much tell where you are in complete pitch pitch black he can basically hear you breathe um and but he's a terrorist also so he is trying to undo sort of the peace that japan is because he believes it's stagnated japan he believes people are lazy and they just don't care about anything anymore so he wants to bring basically violence back to japan <laughs> um but it's an interesting story with a bit of a mystery thrown in there it's good if you just like even just dumb action sequences. This show has a bunch of them, and they're all really well done. <laughs> um, but uh, the next one is actually probably, and this is surprising because Cyberpunk Edge Runners was my favorite on this list until this one came on my radar, and that's Bochi the Rock. Um, this relates to one of the anime that's on Chris's list, which is Comey Can't Communicate, but Bochi the Rock deals with a girl who is so incredibly socially anxious, she basically refuses to leave her room most of the time. Um, but she's been practicing guitar pretty much her entire life, and she posts these videos of her practicing, of course, without her face or anything, on social media, and gets tons of likes and tons of followers and stuff, because she's actually a really good, talented guitar player. <laughs> um, but she tries to the first episode deals with her going to high school and in a very social, socially anxious loner kind of way, she thinks, okay, if I dress up a certain way, if I bring my guitar to school, that will make people want to talk to me. Mind you, she's not interested in actually initiating conversation with anyone <laughs> because she just can't, she's too afraid to. 
And of course, she sits in school all day and nobody talks to her and she gets very sad about it. Well, another girl who desperately needs a guitarist for a band stumbles upon her in a park. And that's how we get introduced to most of the main cast from that point forward. <laughs> She's inducted in this band. And the first show she plays, she literally plays from inside of a cardboard box because she is too afraid to be seen on stage. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, it's hilarious. It's sweet. Um, the characters in it are all great. And I think the best thing it deals with is sort of showing you personality types and how different anxieties work for people. So the four main characters are basically in groups. You have two people who are neurotypical. One is an introvert and one is an extrovert. And then you have two people who are neurodivergent who are both introverts and extroverts. Um, and that leads to a lot of just crazy, ridiculous antics between the whole group. Uh, if you like that sort of slice of life of stuff with a bit of like chaos thrown in, this is one that I would definitely watch. <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely on my list, especially because you, you compared it to Comey, um, which I have absolutely loved. And I'm hoping we get another season soon. I don't know if there is another season planned, um, which Comey Can't Communicate is basically uh, girl in school, same kind of issue, very socially awkward, cannot talk to anyone, um, almost anyone, eventually. Um, but basically, she starts the new year at school and wants to be able to make friends um and luckily there's a boy in the school who while very awkward himself uh kind of helps her branch out and and kind of get a friend group growing uh she kind of it's funny because like the goal her end goal is to have a hundred friends um one of which, at one point, spoilers, is a cat, and it's adorable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is it is very cute, slice of life kind of show. Uh, sadly, no music. That sounds more fun. Um, yeah. But along with that, I actually... Weirdly, I this year was kind of me watching a lot more slice of life stuff. Because uh, there was that. Then I had uh, Kodoro Lives Alone, which... Basically, that I did watch. Oh my well, god! Started. I can't say I watched it, but I started it. Yeah, and it's very very cute. It's so cute. Um, later on, as you get further, you cry. I will tell you now. It will make oh, you. I'm that sure. show will make you cry. Um, yeah. How how dare he with his precious little voice? Oh, oh my gosh! Precious little, <laughs> really precious little elementary school kid living on his own because uh, it's the most articulate, geez. tiny thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh. That is all, actually both of those are all on Netflix, so, you know, you probably have a subscription or you know somebody with a subscription, get that password before they crack down on password sharing. Um, I can't believe, I don't think that's actually going to do <laughs> anything. Um, the third one of the, the Slice of Life things, I know people have some issue with this show for multiple reasons. Yeah, uh, My Dress Up what Darling. Show? Oh, mm -hmm. wait, what is it? Oh, controversy. That, so it is a show about uh, the two main characters, really nerdy, awkward guy who his dream is to carry on kind of in his fa grandfather's footsteps of making, what are the dolls called? I want to say They're called dolls. Hina dolls. Hina dolls, <clears throat> yeah. Um, which are these incredibly handcrafted dolls with these uh, really cool 
like handcrafted uh, they're geisha dolls yeah um what's that called outfits my blank my mind blanked on the word kimonos. outfits for some reason yeah kimonos. um <laughs> no i was just thinking outfits in general uh but because of him being so well good at doing that um this girl who wants to become like a heavy into cosplay kind of finds him and convinces him to make her outfits um and it's it's adorable it is a full on like rom-com kind of slice of life um mm-hmm. the, the the only controversy is literally for a single episode and i don't think it's even the whole episode uh mm-hmm. there is a a character that she wants to cosplay that she tans a little bit too much for yeah yeah okay. and it was literally one episode and never like it kind of was like a quick well, one and done it was one episode it's touched on very lightly because when it gets to that point the guy in the show who's making her costumes just flat out refuses to make that costume for her yeah <laughs> um, um but no it, it is uh you know it's it's just a cute little it's cute. It's wonderful. It's great because it takes the Manic Pixie Dream Girl trope and f- does a complete 180 on it. <laughs> um, she basically has like the biggest crush on this guy, and he's completely oblivious to that. <laughs> no. I don't think he's completely oblivious. He just has such a crush, too, that he... It's like they're both crushing so hard that mm-hmm. they can't... Like, the sp- is it... I don't think it's the first episode. I know at the end of like the first quote unquote arc kind of thing, um, basically early on, he, he says that he mentions something about something being beautiful. And it's this very specific thing being beautiful. Um, and he eventually while falling asleep on the train home from like their first cosplay event, uh, calls her beautiful and it's it that is that click moment for her where she's like, "Oh shit, I like this guy." Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like that for me that moment that whole scene. I'm like, I really enjoy the show. They did this is very well done, and I'm excited to see how where it goes. It's the only thing on that section of the list that I haven't finished, um, which is the most mm-hmm. upsetting part. I just so many other things came around and I watched them instead. Um, but beyond that. Uh, I love if I can see both of your pointers on different things. Um, <laughs> the other show that I kind of just sped through binge in almost like one or two sittings was the case study of Vanitas, uh, which the best way to describe it is uh, gay vampire love. <laughs> That's the best way to describe it. I think it's a really good way to describe it. It gets a little bit more violent at certain points. Um, very funny very uh will they won't they between these two main characters um i highly recommend it if you like you know vampires and romance (laughs) (laughs) i feel like we all like vampires and romance to a certain extent right yes case study of vanitas is one in my crunchyroll watch list that is waiting to be watched um the top one on the list that I didn't go to immediately just because you led into perfectly with Komi. Uh, but holy fuck. Guys, my favorite, my favorite uh, <laughs> shonen anime came back this year. I'm so happy. I cried when I heard the music because they redid the theme song for when he goes all out 
all out and badass. Uh, Bleach is back. Bleach didn't miss a step. Bleach is fucking awesome. If you don't love Bleach, you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually just today I had to return something to the to the game store. And I went next door to the comic shop, and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. And I bought the 20th anniversary volume one for mm-hmm. Bleach because I'm like, I, I just want it. I just want it on my shelf. Um, it's so good, and I love as somebody that has read all of it. One, being able to see everything animated, and two, getting to see these people that have waited since the anime stopped showing to get this last story. Um, and I know where it left off is such a good fucking stopping point, and it, everybody is going to be so excited for what comes. Uh, especially because um, everyone's favorite cat girl, Yurichi? Yurichi. Uh, yep. Has an upcoming form that everyone is very, very, very excited to see. And I don't know if either of you know what I'm talking about. Um, but maybe don't Google it and just wait until it happens so you can see it. No. I know what you're talking about. Too late. You know I'm going to go look. <laughs> I don't think I know which one he's already talking about. Yep, I knew it. Is that it's mm. new? It's basically searched Final Form Yurichi. Oh, goodness. Now yeah, I don't know I knew if it. I want to do this. All I know is that the mangaka for Bleach can like really draw a butt. Like, he's very good at drawing He butts. is very good at drawing mm. women. Mm. Flat out. <laughs> okay, that... That tells me a little bit about <laughs> about to happen. Oh, okay. I've seen this. Yeah. I feel like this man just stared at asses in art school. <laughs> I feel like a lot of artists that end up drawing bodies, especially ones that like lady bodies. Yeah, you've been staring at a lot of ass. <laughs> It's not just ass with him. Have you? What's Hal, I feel Hal, like Halbell? What is the one fucking Parabell? Yeah. No, I mean, like he stared at butt so intensely that one day someone had to tell him, like, too much. There butt. are more body parts <laughs> on a human being than just the butt. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> I'm trying to see if I can get a good picture of this. Is into. I can just do this here. Um. Yeah, Leslie, in case you did not know, uh, this is another one of the main characters. Oh, they're adding Yurichi to Jump Force as well. Really? Yep, and they're going to have that transformation in Jump Force. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to just make this take up the whole screen real quick for you, Leslie. Uh, This is the other character that I was just mentioning when I'm like, it's more than just butts. Um. You should be able oh to yeah, well, ass yeah. is a general term. Oh, uh, g- ass is a... like that looks like um, jeans. Who is that? Who is oh that guy? from um, Jujutsu? Wait, no. Yeah, with this, with the swoop hair. With swoop hair. Are you talking mm-hmm. about from fucking My Hero? Isn't best that a genius? hero? Yeah, he's a oh hero. best genius, yeah, best genius. <laughs> jeans drip. Yeah, <laughs> jeans drip. <laughs> I didn't. Oh my god! I just realized that you can just gender swap best genus in this outfit, but make it jeans, and I'd be all for it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's just yes. some gravity defying stuff right there. That's that's what that one is. Tear um, Harabell and full denim. <laughs> full denim. Oh god. Um, I lost track of what the fuck we were talking about. Uh, 
Oh yeah, Bleach, Thousand Year Blood War. Fucking watch it. It's fantastic. Obviously, if you haven't watched Bleach up to that point, it won't make any sense whatsoever. It really is like, hey, this is what the entire story is built towards. Um, and then it's done. There, It is the the actual ending. Because like, even Naruto is still technically going on. It's the only of the big three that actually ended. Um, mm-hmm. Beyond that, uh, I finally watched, after the first two story arcs, I finally found another story arc from uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure that I actually liked with Stone Ocean. Um, it only took another like decade after the second story arc that I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, it's so it's so much better than everything else. I guess I don't know. It, once they started introducing the whole stand thing, I wasn't the biggest fan, and I I attempted multiple. I made it through the majority of like that first story arc when they're in like Egypt or whatever the fuck. Um, and then I tried all the other ones and I just got like two or three episodes in and like, these aren't good. I don't want this anymore. And then I watched this and I like binged the entire part one in one sitting and I still have part two to watch now. Um, it's, it's still fucked up. It's still fucking weird. It's just in my opinion, better than the other ones. Uh, and then the last thing is the new, newer, newest, I guess, uh, series from the creators of Denocoil, which is one of my all-time favorite anime. Um, it is basically, the, the Orbital Children is story of kind of like a field trip of kids that go up to a space station um, in events un- uh, unfurl during a terrorist attack. And it gets really, really fucking weird, but in my favorite kind of weird, um, it's only like... Sp- maybe i think max 10 episodes maybe all i know is that i did not realize i was binging the entire series and i was up until three o'clock in the morning watching it that is how invested i got into the show yeah it's kind of like you you know when you like had a book where you started reading it at like seven o'clock or six or seven o'clock at night and then you put it down because you finished and the sun is up (laughs) it's kind of like that but in anime form um i feel like the last thing that I ever did that with was just playing fucking Minecraft. <laughs> nothing had nothing has sucked me in as much as the Orbital Children has in the last like decade. Um, so if you like really heavy, serious storylines with kids, <laughs> go for it. I mean, that's what Denicoil kind of got to because you start off Denicoil and you're like, oh, this seems kind of lighthearted. And then it gets to a point you're like, holy shit, these kids are basically dealing with things that no child should have to deal with right now. Which, in all honesty, is most anime, isn't it? That's a lot of anime (laughs) focused around children. (laughs) But it's like not because so many other ones, it's like, oh, they have powers. It's like, no, they're just not stupid. Kind of makes me think of a lot of, um, it, and that's kind of why I loved Denicoil so much. It made me f- think of Ghibli kind of Ghibli sh- stories where these were normal children, normal kids that are dealing with things that you shouldn't have to deal with or, or unexpected situations and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, highly recommend it. Like I said, it's on. It's another on Netflix. Um, I think it was made, like produced by Netflix. Um, so hopefully that doesn't leave Netflix anytime soon, but who fucking knows? It doesn't matter if you're the one that made the content that you still pull it from your fucking streaming service. I'm not bitter. (laughs) I'm not bitter at all. 
Uh, <laughs> what else we got? What we got? You got any? You got anything? You you watch any anime, Leslie? You got it? Absolutely not. No, no. <laughs> not this year. No, you watched I like didn't. three episodes of Kotaro Lives Alone, and you're like, all right, yeah, I'm good. I did. Yeah, I literally <laughs> I, enough to be charmed. And then I was like, I was like, this is cute. <laughs> well. In that case, I think it's time to go over to our movie selection for the year. Yeah. Now, I know there's one movie that Leslie and I both have on here. Um, Yeah. Nate, did you ever see Nope? I did not. You didn't see Nope. I didn't see Nope. Uh, Nope is the only movie on my list that I saw in theaters more than once. Um, and I would go see it again. Oh, you know what? I'm lying. Oh, you know what? It's not on here, but I definitely saw a movie multiple times. <laughs> it's not even on my list of favorite movies of the year. Um, but yeah, Leslie, what did you think of Nope? Um, I thought it was fantastic. I was an instant Jordan Peele fan, like a lot of people. But I also was like not completely into Us. Like oh okay, I loved the first half, but then the twist. I was like, I don't know if I fully understand what is happening. But I think that Nope was a great like comeback to that. I'm a really big fan of like atmospheric movies, which is also yeah. why I really liked the Batman. And I saw a lot of people's complaining about like, well, nothing really happened in Nope, and it was like so much happened. You just so aren't. much. <laughs> The the amount of people yeah. that walked out of seeing Nope and not understanding what they watched and being like, eh, this didn't really work. I'm like, whatever. Yeah. Fuck you. It was really good. And I, I well, we can't really spoil it, but like the, the thing that everyone was hoping that it would be, that it actually turned out to be, I was really fucking psyched about it. Yeah. The like, yeah, the like big reveal at the end. Okay. I was like very excited. And Kiki Palmer is... A legend. Absolutely. Uh, Instantly fell in love with her from the moment she started talking. We ever, The internet at this point just wants her to be um, Rouge? Rogue? Rouge? Rouge? Rogue. Rouge. Rouge. Rouge is the bat. Bat, yeah. Sorry. I'm trying to, I'm like, wait, hold on. But yeah, I, I really, really liked it. And I hope... Oh, um, and uh, Wendell and Wilde is another one that's on my list, and that was also produced by Jordan Peele. Yeah. So he is having a great 2022. Yeah, I'm excited to see what else he's got coming down. I hope he has Me more. Too. Like, And that's the thing is, like, I don't know. I don't know what he could come up with next. He's kind of like a very mysterious, Let's like, cocky in type of figure right now. I wonder if he's got anything future things so. yeah you look at his filmography it only shows those yeah he was like um, nice try oh according to this in 2022 he signed on to produce a remake of Wes Craven's People Under the Stairs which oh. holy shit that's gonna be <laughs> um, otherwise I can't I'm not really seeing anything else he's a voice in something but that's about it yeah, no, he's, he's gonna keep us surprised. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like we didn't know about Nope until it was a year or two away from coming out, anyway. So, 
I'm excited. Yeah. It was yeah. so good. Nate, I don't know how you haven't watched it. I highly recommend it. I wish you would have been able to see it in theaters. Um, well, I do plan on watching all of the Jordan Peele movies. I just wait, have, have to you? remember to get them all. <laughs> have you watched any of them? I have not watched any of them. That's the Oh, thing. wow. Can we do an episode, yeah. please? All right. We're doing. I, I was thinking about. I need to rewatch all of them anyway. This is perfect. This oh. hey, we can make it a movie, Nate. Yes, we've decided. There's a lot of movies that Nate has never watched, and I've decided that instead of movie night, it's movie Nate. <laughs> yes. I hate you. One of our plans for next year is the movie Nate, where I am <laughs> being subjected to films I have not seen before. Hey, you know what? If you go through the history of the podcast, every recommendation that you have listened or watched based off of me and, and Dave, you loved. Uh, yes, I know. First one, first one off the bat, he had never watched um, Shawshank Redemption. We He watched Shawshank. Oh, yeah. Loved it. I had to watch that for school. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. I, it, by the time, like high school, right? No, no, no. This was college. No. Oh. Okay. I chose to take a class that oh <laughs> nice us to watch that. well no because like in my head I'm like I oh hell by that time I probably seen that movie like 20 30 times um only because it's one of those movies that like if it's on TV it just stays no matter where it is in that oh, movie yeah, it's like it's oh it's on all right here we go oh my heart still hurts I can't I can't <laughs> do the the guy that gets out and he's working at the grocery oh. store I can't think of what his name is no it just hurts <laughs> yeah. so bad. See? Sometimes I think about him. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, See, so yeah, we but we we love Nope. Um, but the other the only other movie you can really like that had kind of an impact on you was Batman. Um, of the ones that I could remember to write down. Yeah. Yes, because I also want to talk about everything everywhere all at once. Okay, so, cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Batman a great movie. To, to me, um, I went into the Batman later than I should have because I did not realize it was a three-hour-long fucking movie. Um, but personally, the three hours fucking flew for me. I don't know about other people. Um, and Robert Pattinson is definitely, to me, bumped up to the number one live-action Batman for me, uh, which had been forever uh, Michael Keaton. Because fuck Christian Bale, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Michael Keaton was just a better Batman, uh, in my opinion. Um, I mean, the Batman's a good movie. Okay, I couldn't remember if you had seen it or not. Yeah, I had seen it. Yes, I forgot. I I literally forgot until like, I think twenty thirty minutes before we all hopped in here. Um, <laughs> that I threw it on. Like I forgot the Batman was last year. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. Yeah, as the resident consistently disappointed DC nerd, um, the Batman was fantastic. I one thing I really love about Batman is Gotham City, and I feel like in a lot of ways Gotham City can be its own character. I think they did a really good job. Colin Farrell was amazing as Penguin. Yeah, I loved him. Completely yeah. unrecognizable. I thought he had a lot of fun with it. I really enjoyed it. Everybody likes Zoe Kravitz. So her just mm -hmm. existing was a given. <laughs> yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. I actually watched it on a plane. Really? Like a couple months ago. Yeah. It was like one of the free in-flight like movies 
Well, I probably took up a majority of the flight. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say, I went to see it twice in the movies, and the first time it flew by, the second time I could feel, like, the very end. It yeah. It feel okay. a little long. But mm-hmm. I also think that that's just because it was a slower paced movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. If they continue in this direction, I'm fine with that. I personally have erased Batfleck from my memory. <laughs> it's okay. It seems like D- the Warner Brothers and DC have done the same thing. So mm-hmm. I'm just not. I'm Thanks. not hopeful, but I'm glad that they've decided to start over in whatever capacity they're going to. Yeah, and it hmm. seems like James Gunn hopefully has like an actual vision for whatever's coming. Because um, I know he had talked about uh, his plans or the, the new plans for it kind of pulling from the Justice League cartoon and the Young, in Young Justice. Or in, yeah, Young Justice. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm excited about that. Oh my goodness. Yeah, James Gunn is really lucky that he made that Dawn of the Dead remake because <laughs> I love that movie and that's one of he's like got a permanent pass for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you watch any of um did you watch The Suicide Squad or Peacemaker at all? No. The Suicide, Squad. Suicide Squad. Not Squad. yeah, not the shitty Suicide Squad. The good Suicide Squad. <laughs> sound like it's real i don't trust that they so, were that the remake was good it's not a remake which is the worst part because it's still technically in the same universe because they make mention of the first suicide squad movie um the suicide squad which is the one that has uh idris elba in it and um john cena's i wanted to say pacemaker uh peacemaker um so much better like it's like somebody looked at the first movie and was like, we shouldn't have done that at all. And then and that's went on. What's so, that's why being a DC fan is so disappointing. Because, like, how embarrassing is it, guys, that as soon as that movie came out, you were like, we should redo this now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I mean, it, it even got a spinoff show right after. So oh it had goodness. to do it had to do something right. Um, I did hear Peacemaker was fun. I hear John Cena was fun. Yeah, it is ridiculous. Um and hilarious uh it's weird though because there's certain things in it that jason momoa is in it as aquaman for a, a, a little bit cameo kind of thing and um that's kind of awkward since i think after the next aquaman movie he's no longer aquaman yeah there are rumors that he might be staying in the dc universe as lobo though so he mm-hmm. come on you know how much he wants to be lobo he's like <laughs> goodness oh goodness i just it it pains me every time they reuse the same person for something yeah. else mm-hmm. but it's okay <laughs> hey, it would be a good aesthetically i could see it so yeah um and i mean he's good at playing fucking ridiculous uh because he's in that new retelling of nemo and in, in uh slumberland or whatever the hell Oh yeah, uh, I heard that was cute. Yeah, I've I've seen clips. I haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet, and he he just looks ridiculous in that as well. But I I'm excited to finally check that out. Maybe later this month, hmm. year, whatever. There's too much content. 
And look, I mean, look at the shit that we have to listen. Yeah, here. you guys have watched so much stuff this year. Yeah, <laughs> Leslie, do you want to know why? Because we have to come up with stuff to talk about on the podcast. It's good to have yeah, stuff when you to were watch. Like, me. we have a weekly show. I was thinking to myself, oh, that would really help me. Yeah, force me to watch a show if some if I was watching it with other I mean, people. Even in even in the span of two weeks, where we mentioned something on one podcast episode, where it's like hmm, that looks really interesting, and it gets talked about like five podcasts later because we just keep forgetting to watch it. Yeah. So, <laughs> or the worst, I think the worst is when stuff something comes up and we meet like me and Nate will talk about it on the off podcast week because we'll because mm-hmm. we go down and get comics and then it's like. Well, we talked about that already. Do we want to talk about it on the podcast too? Oh my god! Yeah, this is yeah. This is why me and my friends never actually start podcasts because we can never <laughs> not talk to each other mm-hmm. long enough to like actually sit and record it. Yeah, that's what you just that's re- funny. We just randomly record it. I there have been times where I'm like, maybe we should just record our our drive to the comic shop. <laughs> <laughs> that would yeah, car vlogs. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, supplemental stuff. Not even release it as a full podcast. Just have it on the thing. As long as you don't continue to bring up how this could all be trains, which is still one of my favorite <laughs> things you've ever said. Uh- <laughs> I'm sorry. I One time we drove to the comic shop, and it's a lengthy drive for me because I have to come from work, which is like northern Baltimore, Hunt Valley, then come basically past my house out to where Chris lives and then even further south to go to Third Eye in Annapolis. So that's like an hour and a half of driving for me just to go to the store. Yeah. <laughs> um, and one time we're, we're just driving down the freeway and I forgot what even prompted me to say it, but we're driving. And at one point I just go, this could all be trains. <laughs> It was like a combination of bad traffic in the road being super fucked up and him like hitting yes. multiple bumps in a row. Uh, and I'm like, I get it. I understand. I get, I feel like I could get where that culmination, <laughs> where you got to that. Like, I mean, the thing, just all be on a train right now. It's not an original thought. People have been talking about this forever. And I just, I got really frustrated with traffic and my brain just went there. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, Nate, you throw in a movie, so we don't, because obviously, yeah, mm-hmm. we love Nope, we love well, Batman. Yes, I mean, the movie that I threw in here, and I'm going to wait to talk about Black Panther, because I think everyone's got something to say about that, but... Um, Leslie, you did Mr. see Wakanda Forever, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, this movie did not come out this year, it didn't even come out last year, but... <laughs> Um, I watched Knives Out for the first time oh, yeah. this year because Chris had went on about seeing Glass Onion and stuff like that. Um, the reason that I put it on this year is one, because this was my first time watching it. And two, this movie literally just blew my mind when I saw it. Oh, um, damn it. <laughs> no. Okay. So here's the thing. I have not seen it. Mm-hmm. I have, I guess passively refuse to watch it i don't know why i, just, I don't i don't know well, i'm in a fight with the director i can't talk about it Why? <laughs> but then so many people have been like this movie is amazing this movie is amazing and now nate who i've officially <laughs> respect as a reviewer because everything he has said today has been fantastic now i have to watch it there you go now i have no choice <laughs> i mean I'll, the thing that did it for me though is i'm not 
really a fan of things like murder mysteries or anything like that. Um, but Knives Out is such an expertly crafted movie that it being about subject matter that I don't normally enjoy didn't bother me because it makes you want to follow that mystery to its conclusion. Um, without any spoilers, like the who done it kind of plot line for you. And this movie is broken up into distinctly three acts, which you can identify, which is just a credit to the way the movie's made. But that question is answered for you in the first act. Mm -hmm. And, but there's more mystery to unravel. And that's sort of the hook that the film takes you with. Um, all the acting in it is phenomenal. Everybody does a good job. Um, it does have quite a packed cast, but what they do with the cast is really, really good. So you can tell like who's who on screen and what's distinct about those people in this world. Um, Daniel Craig putting on a like Louisiana Cajun accent, like antebellum style <laughs> is just, it. it's both hilarious, but also just really well done for someone who is, so British of an actor and human being. <laughs> um, I mean, he's literally uh, James Bond. Yes. But uh, no, it's just a good movie. It, it surprised me in ways that I didn't think I was going to be surprised going into it. And that's what made me sit down and watch the entire thing all the way through. Um, you know, just, I mean, it's focused, it's precise. It uses its runtime. Well, uh, the cinematography in it is nothing new, but it's all very purposeful. Um, and so, I mean, shot for shot, if you just watch this movie in frames, even there's nothing there that feels wasted. There's nothing there that feels out of place. Um, which is something that a lot of movies are losing lately is you get a lot of movies that are just kind of everywhere. Um, but this movie just is focused and direct and tells the story it wants to tell without jerking you around a bunch, which is unique for something that's also a mystery story. <laughs> but yeah, definitely recommend watching it if you haven't. Um... Fine. <laughs> and if you have, then just go immediately onto Netflix and watch Glass Onion because it's basically, yeah. if you loved the first movie, you're going to love this one too. Um, it's just as as uh focused like you were saying it doesn't really spend time to focus on the wrong shit um and you really do get a, another great cast which just in the costuming alone you can know so much about the characters um and i think that's really it's really fun way to do things cuz the the movie itself takes place in 2020 um and like it's not some weird fictional 2020 where COVID didn't exist. Uh, it really is showing like, hey, these are all these characters and how they treat the environment that they're in. Um, so you just from that alone, like there, there's a scene where they all have varying degrees of masks. Um, <laughs> and that alone, you're like, okay, I understand all of these characters just from that alone. Um but it, the, the way that the story is built out and playing with what you're seeing and how you're perceiving things, 
uh, is just as good as the first movie. And it still, it doesn't feel like it's retreading too much of the same kind of content. Um, cause it's a very different kind of, of mystery, I guess. Um, which is why I'm really excited for whatever he continues to make. I want more of these. Uh, I love that he himself, uh, Ryan Johnson himself is upset that it's called a knives out mystery. Um, I think that was kind of Netflix's choice decision to do that. Uh, it would have been cooler if they were, were able to be like a Benoit Blanc mystery because that's his character. Mm-hmm. Like have him the consistent character I think would be really cool. Um, so I'm excited to see what else he does because unlike Leslie, I really like Ryan Johnson movies, I guess. I don't know what he ever did to her. Uh, allowed. I just did not like The Last Jedi. <laughs> You're allowed. He just disappointed me. Were, were you able to watch Last Jedi and be like, oh, this is at least better than uh whatever the fuck that last movie was called was it rise of the skywalker the final skywalker yeah (laughs) it's so bad we don't remember the subtitle honestly those two for me just run together they run together in in levels of but i will say no the the skywalker the last one that was the rise of skywalker Hmm. yeah the last movie was just Skywalker Rising. It I, was, I refuse to call it what it's really called. <laughs> I've, I've said the same thing about this movie over and over, which is the person to blame for this is not the director, it's the producer. Kathleen Kennedy said Kennedy. something really stupid um, early on when the first movie was criticized, which is that they didn't have like source material to pull from and a whole history established to star Wars. And then we get to rise of Skywalker. And I can tell you beat for beat, what scenes are pulled directly <laughs> from what is now called star Wars legends, which is just the extended universe. Yeah. Like the whole Palpatine having clone things that has been legends canon forever. <laughs> um, <laughs> but in the, ca- in the legend stuff, it actually had like build up. not he's alive. Yeah. Um, it, oh my god! Like I'm, I'm having like battle flashbacks of so, sitting in that movie. <laughs> not, I will say, as in, this is just like indicative of how that last movie went for me mm-hmm. in the theater. Somebody audibly booed <laughs> at a very pivotal part of the movie. Was, was it the kiss? We can it, spoil. Star Wars was. is okay to to spoil at this point. Yeah. Someone literally booed. Well, no, there were two boos. I'm sorry. The first boo was that one. The second boo was when she called herself a Skywalker. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I thought, apt. (sighs) This is all apt. (laughs) Because it really is the first movie. It was like, hey, let's do Star Wars again with new cast, new generation. Hit on a lot of nostalgia kind of stuff. And it worked. I enjoyed it. It was fun. I was excited to see where they went with it. I personally, I saw, and I preface it all the time. I saw Last Jedi two times in a row, opening night. Um I wasn't planning on it. A friend had an extra ticket and I literally walked out and went right back in and watched it again. It clicked better the second time because I knew what was coming when it, cause there was a lot of like weird comedy to it. Um, and I felt like that didn't feel right at first, but then seeing it the second time, I kind of looked past that in besides certain things that sadly could not, could have been changed if, you know, we had they had future vision it was like oh hey we're not going to be able to have leia in the next movie really um 
I loved where the world was being set up and where they were kind of going in a different direction than other Star Wars movies were going. And then Rise of the Skywalker was basically like, hey, ignore everything we tried to change over there. It's all this. It's all nostalgia still. Because um, mm-hmm. my biggest argument from the beginning was make Rey not related to anybody. Doesn't need to be anything to do with anybody that already exists. Let her be her own person. And that would have been great. And Ryan Johnson kind of set it up for that. And then they brought whoever wrote the story for the third movie in and was like, uh, yeah, it's not true. We're lying. She's not a Skywalker. She's a Palpatine. Like, no, no. It was, yeah, well, it was like there were two different rooms of writers and then they yeah. just put the pages together. Yeah. Like, like, like an intern dropped the script. Two different scripts. I was like, oh, God, I need to put these together. I remember watching Last Skywalker, and at the end of it, just thinking, like, this is Zack Snyder giving Ryan Johnson a big fucking middle finger, honestly. Like, That's what's yeah. frustrating to me. It's like, I don't want to be, I don't want to suffer from your mm-hmm. guys's like, ego battle or whatever is happening here. But Why do we have to suffer through? I mean, that's what it you was. You guys having was, a fight. Like, the guy gets fired and doesn't get to do the second movie and then they bring him back for the third movie and he's like, all right, well, nothing anybody else does to this series matters anymore. So that's why we got this convoluted mess of a fucking a Star Wars story. Tantrum on screen. <laughs> it's just, it was nonsense. This is why, this is why I like the Disney plus stuff so much is John Favreau and Dave Filoni actually give a shit about Star Wars. Put them in charge. And so... <laughs> make them, make yes. them the Kevin Feige of the Star Wars universe. I feel like everyone and... talks about it. Well, they just, they love Star Wars and they love the source material that Star Wars is based on and they love fan creations and stuff like that and they're integrating that into all of their stories. And that's what makes Star Wars now actually good and fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. I feel like... <laughs> I'm sorry, I did not mean to make... I no, did I did it. It's my fault. I rant about Star Wars. <laughs> it's, it's my fault. I brought up, I was wondering, I had a feeling it's what it was. It was, it was a 50-50 shot. Either you didn't like last jedi or you didn't like looper because i know people that hated looper i loved and that's the thing is i liked brick yeah i liked looper and then he did this and i was like why did you do this to me yeah. <laughs> it was a targeted attack like uh, we were friends i don't to understand me. he said to me like he sat in his office one day and wrote dear kimono jones he fuck did. you that's really what it is i really took the last jedi personally and then when knives out came out i was like fuck you and then i was like watch the movie watch this movie it's great and i was like no i'm still upset with Ryan. Now, knives <laughs> out is really like one of those movies where it's hey let's give a great creator the opportunity to make something without telling him what to do with what he's making because i feel like last jedi was like you can make what you want as long as we tell you how it goes to a certain extent. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I know he's just my lightning rod. He's just the one I'm blaming. (laughs) He didn't do it. But yeah, no, Knives Out looks like a lot of fun. I feel like it it, it has the same effect as like, um, I can't remember what the name of the director is for Ant-Man, but because Edgar Wright left Ant-Man, everybody was like, fuck the new guy. We don't want to see what he makes. (laughs) And it was a good movie. Ant-Man is a fun movie. Um, you uh, in the back of my head, I'll always be like, "What if Edgar Wright made this movie, though?" Uh, we would just have Ant Man the, the musical. <laughs> no, that's not, he doesn't make musicals. <laughs> he just has really good synced up music to action scenes. Um, <laughs> no, but beyond that, quick going through all the rest of my stuff. Um, 
Violent Night, I'm going to go from the bottom up because more recent stuff. Violent Night, if you love Die Hard, if you love Home Alone, you love both of those together, but R-rated, this is immediately one of my favorite Christmas movies. Um, it is ridiculous, very bloody, very fucked up, uh, and it's more of um, Hopper can't remember the actor's name and i don't fucking care fuck all of you i'm not even gonna look for it um <laughs> we won't say anything that time <laughs> uh <laughs> but no it, it's great it is it's i love not normal christmas movies and this is the least normal christmas movie you could possibly watch um i already talked about glass onion strange world is not getting enough love um it went out into theaters in between the two biggest disney movies of the year which was black panther wakanda forever and um avatar which fuck avatar but whatever as you can see avatar is not on any of our lists because no Did you um see it? no fuck no i'm not gonna go yeah, see three movies three hours of a a series that i don't think needs to be a series <laughs> <sighs> I saw a review that called it a turquoise eye wash. And that's the thing. I was I listened to somebody else. <laughs> I listened to another podcast where the group was doing their review and the like half of them were like 4 out of 5, 5 out of 5, and then one of them was like 3 out of 5 for the exact same reasons. They both were like the movie was beautiful, visually stunning, the writing wasn't good, the acting wasn't good, the dialogue wasn't good, but the visuals was incredible. And I'm like that Sounds like a three movie. I could enjoy visually that movie, <laughs> but it's not a good movie in that case. Um, True. But no, uh, Strange World, fucking adorable uh, animated Disney movie. Like, or back to, not 2D, because, you know, they do all 3D at this point, which isn't a bad thing. I've really enjoyed that. I mean, one of my favorite Disney princesses is a 3D Disney princess. And no, it's not Frozen, it's Tangled. Um Oh, dang. I thought it was going to be Moana. I was all wrong. <laughs> she is not a princess. She is a chief. Oh. Yeah. See, I have my own whole thing where it's like, those aren't... Stop calling these <laughs> Disney princesses. Elsa's not a princess. She's a queen. Uh... <laughs> oh, I didn't know this was a thing for you. Oh, I... yeah. Oh, goodness. Okay. <laughs> Good um... to know. I will keep my royalty in check. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, Strange World really good movie um i love the voice cast the fact that it is the first disney movie that has a not straight character as one of the main characters that is very hard for you to cut around kind of explains why they did not promote this movie anywhere near as much as they could have um i think that it is one of the best things that they put out in years just as a standalone original story um is it in any way like super surprising to me no because i just watch way too much shit so i'm like oh i know where this is going but i love the journey and that's the best part about it um it is currently on disney plus for those of us that have access to it again leslie maybe i can give you a login <laughs> um you know we you have to know somebody that has access to disney plus everybody has... Do you? I mean, I was on somebody's Disney Plus for a while. Yeah. I just got kicked out. <laughs> I uh, never tried to get back in. Um, but no, Strange World, highly recommend. It's Like I said, it's on Disney Plus for free. Um, or no additional charge, sorry. Uh, 
the last thing I'll talk about before, because you watched the se- the last thing. Um, I also highly recommend The Bad Guys, which was another animated movie. This one was basically a Lupin the Third movie, but with animals. <laughs> okay. It's like I I want to call it Lupin the Furry, um, because the main character is a fox or wolf, sorry, wolf, and he straight up is just. Lupin, like to the point where the different facial expressions and the the movements that he does, I'm like, this is straight out of Lupin. Um, and for me, who loves that is one of my favorite anime. Uh, I just loved every minute of this movie. Um, it doesn't go too hard into like the because you know kids movies always have like poop and fart jokes. Um, in this one, I feel like did not have that as much. Uh, I think it was DreamWorks. DreamWorks has been doing a new animation style, and I kind of I call I think I want to call it the the Into the Spider Verse effect, um, where they play with the animation style within the single movie, so it's not all just one straight style. You see different kind of like frame rates and stuff like that playing into it, um, and that's really fun. It also they're using that in the new Puss in Boots movie, which weirdly I'm excited to watch too. That's <laughs> not weird. Yeah, come on. It's, weird it's weird because it's fucking Puss in Boots. Like and from what I I'm hear, actually a little compelled by the story cuz yeah. it's like got the beard and it's like the multiple lives concept. Yeah. Interesting. And like spoilers, I've heard. I'm only semi spoilers. I'm not 100% sure. I've heard rumors that the end of it leads into a new shrek movie yeah exactly the exact I same believe it. <laughs> I, I believe it oh my god i totally believe it uh so Jeez. hey we might have a new shrek movie coming soon <laughs> um but no the last That's one fun. last movie i have on my list is everything everywhere all at once which yes holy shit um this is an incredible movie uh, it came out, or I saw it after watching fucking um, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness like two times in theaters, and then I saw this and I'm like, oh no, yeah, yeah, this this good, this very good. Um, it's fun to have multi multiple multiverse movies in one year. Did you see both, or did you only see everywhere, everywhere, everything, everywhere? I saw both. I was I wanted to like multiverse more than I did. Mm-hmm. I liked where they were going with it. Like, I liked the idea. I I wanted more of what everything, everywhere, all at once gave us, which yeah. was, like, such a visual, like, masterpiece. I think I was expecting more visually stunning multiverses mm-hmm. from Doctor Strange. Instead of just slightly different history. <laughs> yeah, and they also played a lot of the same beats, which was interesting, because it kind of felt like some of the characters had gone backwards in a little bit like in some ways yeah. but yeah anyway anyway we're talking about everything everywhere yes yeah. it was great i loved it 12 <laughs> out of 10 <laughs> exactly uh i know this, this in this in nope i think a lot of uh the people that i follow on like twitter and other sites have been these are like in their top three for the year um and i agree i 100 percent agree they they are it has I'm mad I haven't watched it more than once. I want to watch it more than once. Kim didn't really get to watch it when we went to watch went to see it. Um so I it's very much like a I want to put it on and just play it again. 
and we even had a bad audience to begin with. Like the entire rock scene. That's all I'm gonna say. No super spoilers, but the rock scene. That whole conversation, the audience around me was just cracking up laughing through the entire the entire thing. And I'm like, that's not what this scene is. This isn't a comedy bit. It's it's amusing that it's rocks, but like the actual conversation that ha- is happening is not yeah. everybody that's cracking up so laughing. That's so interesting because in my theater, it was dead silent. Yeah. There were maybe some chuckles like as naturally as the conversation was going. But yeah, yeah. no, everybody in my theater, we had been stunned into silence at that yeah, point. Exactly. And I feel like that was, I, I got a room full of people that were looking at it like, this is a comedy movie. There's nothing serious happening. And I'm like, well, yeah, because no. googly eyes. <laughs> yeah. Hardy har. Yeah. Googly, googly eyes and, and hot dog fingers. Um, uh, disturbed. I was disturbed. <laughs> the put in the, uh, yeah, no. Not my favorite. <laughs> However, I said to somebody, I love that if they were going to give us only one white person in this movie, it was going to be Jamie Lee Curtis. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's fantastic. I loved it. Oh, I loved it. Oh, the husband. Oh, he was so he was so like the heart of the movie and oh, that yeah. scene when they're standing outside oh. and she's all glamorous. Oh, I was like, oh, I love that. Love him. And I've seen because that was one of those. Um, somebody had a, a tweet go around that was like, "What was your favorite line or quote from a something that came out in 2022?" In that that scene, that line that he has to her in that universe or whatever. Uh, was yeah. was the one they posted? Oh, I'm like, oh, it's so such a good, good line. Yeah, Nate, you got to watch it. Is that on your list? So the, on the... the funny thing is, it has been on my list because I have it currently. <laughs> I just haven't watched it for some reason. How dare! Oh, it's also it's funny that you say animation. I think I mentioned Wendell and Wild, but if you, if you haven't seen oh, Wendell yeah. and Wild, you absolutely should because it's stop motion produced by jordan peele and i like Hmm. screamed when i heard it was announced because first of all i love stop motion and then for it to be spooky and like very like black centered and like the story was fun and the characters and the acting it was great the music is fantastic too um the fact that they had death play at one point in the movie i'm like i love this song this is one of my favorite songs um (laughs) yeah it was just fun it was i don't know if it got that much like buzz when it came out yeah i know it was definitely i woke up super early on halloween i think i was off maybe um but i woke up super early and it was like two o'clock in the morning two three o'clock in the morning and that was the first thing i did i woke up i'm like oh window and wilds out (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah and i love what they did with like the the trans character and the Mm. the three girls and like i love the three girls it was so funny yeah we were sitting through we were sitting there and i was like i feel seen by everyone in this movie (laughs) (laughs) i've been all of them at some point oh god uh yeah that that, really good because that's uh uh, tom nope henry hold on henry selick henry selick thank you um the real reason that nightmare before christmas in is so good um because you know fuck tim burton uh well yeah because he's henry selick's credits are you freaking kidding me like the the fact that he did james and the giant god yeah 
period. That's it. That's the only credit you need for me. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, Nightmare for Christmas, James and Giant Peach, Coraline, Monkey like, Bone. How oh, dare God, you? Yes. So good. Yeah, he's he's a yeah Monkey Bone. Twenty out of ten. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. Do you have any other movies you want to talk about, Nate? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. we held off on one more movie. That's right. We got to talk about the big one for me this year, um, which was Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Um, I talked a lot about this on one of our podcast episodes, so I'm not going to go through all that again. But this movie was probably my favorite movie of the year um, and will probably be one of my favorite movies of all time. (laughs) Uh, It just has so much to enjoy in the movie. you know, the touch, the, the things that people touch on a lot, of course, are, you know, just the amazing tribute that the movie does for Chadwick Boseman. Um, the way the movie handles his death is good. Um, <clears throat> we have this whole new story of a whole new hero now in the MCU, which actually follows a lot of the beats of the original or the first time we see Black Panther, the story about, you know, revenge versus sort of reconciliation and forgiveness. Um, but it, it explores cultural themes and how culture influences a person, uh, so deeply. And it's so well executed that, um, everyone who I've seen, like try to detract from this movie and stuff like that. I, I'm sorry, but you're just wrong. <laughs> uh, Black Panther is is a great movie through and through. And while it's not perfect, um, if you're the kind of person I am going in and watching this movie, it is perfect to you. <laughs> yeah, that's all I have to say about it. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. Okay, yeah, I won't go on because I also have a lot of words, but it sounds like you already started with a lot of words we'll see if i end up talking a lot but yeah i also agree i think this is a perfect movie about grief it was it did what it needed to do it honored chadwick in the way that it needed to that moment of silence in the very beginning was wild the at the very end i made it until the end i didn't cry until the very end oh lucky you i cried like three or four times throughout that fucking movie I don't know how those actors were able to do so many of those scenes while grieving, while fictionally grieving. That was just phenomenal mm-hmm. to me. I love Namor. I loved his whole... He was menacing in no clothes. Oh, so that he was menacing, menacing in a sexy way. Uh- <laughs> Menace, yeah, menacing. Yeah, it was like... I'm yeah, I'm upset but also like stick around. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I like the I was shocked when they killed the queen. Mm-hmm. I did not see that I coming yeah, I wasn't expecting all. that. And so for them to still be willing, I guess, to continue going so heavy when it's already such a heavy movie, I was like I was like, You didn't have to do that to us, but I appreciate that you went there. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it, as personally I'm somebody who has been recently dealing with a lot of grief, so I connected to a lot of the beats in the movie. But I think that anybody, even if you're just grieving Chadwick Boseman, I think you relate to those themes in the movie. Yeah, I thought mm-hmm. it was I thought it was wonderful. I'm curious. I'm always going to be curious about what 
the direction would have been if it hadn't taken such a turn with his passing. But I think that the turn that they took was very, very appropriate. Uh, I, I'm trying to remember. I think I have it right. Um, Cause he actually did an interview at one point saying that the original plan, the original plan for the movie in general, cause kind of the, the arc for phase four in general um, dealt a lot with loss um, and this movie originally before his passing was still going to be about loss, but it was the loss of time during the blip when everybody was dusted instead of the actual grief loss with, uh, with T'Challa. Um, and like, I, I, that is really interesting that he had always had that kind of plan for this movie, that it was going to be based in grief, in loss, um, and instead of time, it became, uh, of an actual person, uh, in protector, like the king, the protector, everything for them. Um, yeah, I, cause we talked about this, I realized Nate was saying that we've already talked about it, but we talked about this on the spoiler cast. This is something that was only available for certain people. So, um, yeah, go ahead and talk ad nauseum. Um, <laughs> well. but no, it, it, I was gonna say that it was such a good movie and uh, the fact that it still was like, Hey, this is also the springboard for Ironheart for her series to come out. This was, this gave, um, Winston Duke the chance to, step up a little bit more in, in in a more serious role within this movie. And I mean, I fucking love him. And I know you, you had mentioned us earlier and like him going from black Panther, where it was more of a funny comedic bit to us, which he was still semi comedic, but it was a little bit more serious in that role. And I'm like, Ooh, I want to see more of that. And to then get that in this movie, I was so excited to see that character, uh, earn him get more screen time with that. Um, and I know Nate and I have talked about it. What did you think about the Michael B. Jordan part? The fact that it was Ooh, him. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I will say I had no clue who was going to. At the very first thought was, oh no, they put a CGI T'Challa. Oh God, like, that would have been the, the worst. Please don't do that. <laughs> so that was a great reveal for me. I was really not expecting that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I and I and it made me feel something because I was like, "What's he doing here?" Like, yeah, dastardly, like a hole. What do you want? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean... And I think I really liked it. I really liked. I I loved what they were doing with the. Is Shuri gonna do a villain turn? Like, yeah. is she gonna let mm-hmm. her anger be the thing that takes over her, or is she going to like convert back? I I thought. Him being the representation of that was really good. I thought that was really well done. But yeah, ooh, yeah. ooh, yeah, that was a good reveal. When he, when I saw him, I was like, "What? Like <laughs> of all the people, not your mom?" And then for Shuri to later be like, "Why would I see him? Why wouldn't I see my mother? Like, why is everyone leaving me? Like that kind of thing." I thought that was really, that was really cool. And for Nakia to know. Oh, for her to know that something <laughs> was going on. She was like, I know you saw something, and she just wouldn't tell her. Yeah, I thought that was really good. What did you think? Were you surprised? Oh, yeah. I don't think... It, I I don't think anyone would have would have expected that. Yeah, it's it was the perfect way to represent um, basically her, I guess, fury and anger with everything that was going on in her life at that point. Um, mm-hmm. 
like who else would you go to to because it wasn't so much as I need guidance as I need the push in what I think I need to do. And she was in the wrong mindset to be going for the right thing. She was going with where her emotions were. So it led it led her to him. Uh, God, oh, I just want to watch that again. Is that on D- Disney Plus yet? Yeah, I know. We might. Yeah, I kind of want to rewatch it too. Because <laughs> I don't think, I think I only saw, no, no, I did see that twice. Because I get to go see it. Um, cause Kim was, I think sick the opening night. So I went, um, and then we went again the following, like a couple of days later. So it was one of those, I got to experience it again, but also got to see them experience it for the first time. And like almost every beat where I was, I had the same, like, oh fuck, like, oh no, the emotions, <laughs> I would feel the hand on my hand squeeze, um, and like not we're not spoiler wise obviously we'll talk about that the only thing i don't want to spoil in case people haven't watched it is the after credit scene because mm-hmm. holy shit that yeah. like that was one of the biggest emotional punches that they could have revealed we, in the end there i have such a hot take about that we really to do some kind of spoiler conversation about mm-hmm. it okay yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i mean it didn't it it what it didn't give what I want what I wanted it to give, mm-hmm. so me. and I have an idea about why it was there. Mm-hmm. Oh, we'll talk about it. Yeah, okay. Later. Well, what? But was, yeah, I'd love to talk about it. What hit? Because uh, you said you didn't cry until the end, right? What hit? <laughs> now I want to know what made you cry. <laughs> was it the, was it that she didn't get to take her suit home because it was made of vibranium? I know it's really upset that we had <laughs> no. no, and it's funny. Like I was obviously I was feeling things through the whole movie, and I I distinctly remember after the queen died being like, "Damn, like Shuri, really? Like you're really gonna do this to her?" But no, it wasn't until the very very end when she's sitting in the silence by herself, and they do the the montage of Chadwick. That's when I was like, "Fuck, nope, there okay, I go. yeah." There go the two, and it's so funny because my mom went to see it separately. Like she went with one of her friends, mm-hmm. and she texted me and said, "I didn't start crying until Rihanna showed up, like until Rihanna <laughs> started singing." So the whole movie, I'm sitting and waiting for Rihanna to start singing, so that I could be like, "Oh, this is when my mom cried," and then two seconds. After I started crying, Rihanna starts singing. I was like, oh, there we go. At the same time. <laughs> there she is. <laughs> oh, but yeah, it was. It was. And I think it was like watching Shuri's culmination of like her stages of grief. You were just watching all of her stages mm-hmm. of grief. And at the for her to have that acceptance at the very end and have her own sort of like releasing ceremony for him. Yeah. yeah. Oh. That was mm-hmm. so good. I mean, it's it, it's obvious when watching it that like anger is the stage of grief that drives the movie for the most part. Um, I mean, she's she's ready to start a full on war with Talakan. <laughs> like, um, no, I I it's funny because I still have the notes that we that I made for the spoiler cast on my desktop. Oh wow. <laughs> um, I mean, this is a full page of notes I made about this movie, both non-spoiler and spoiler stuff. Because it was like, what was it? It was like 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning after I saw this movie. I just sat down and wrote a page of notes on it. Um, And I've never really done that. I haven't done that for too many movies. I've done that for a couple, but that's how impactful this movie was for me. Um, 
I I think that I think that on another watch, people may want to pay attention more to sort of the one of the biggest themes in the movie is how cultures and I'll just have to come out and say it because there's really no other word for it, how the colonization of those cultures influence the people within them and their attitudes towards the outside world, um, which was a big theme of the first movie just with Wakanda, but even more so now with Talakan and the Moor. Um, this is a spoiler, but at the best part, one of the best parts of this movie is they don't kill off Namor, right? Is he still alive? He's still plotting. He's still scheming. And he's still very much in the mindset of, I want revenge for what people did to me. <laughs> um, and it's not against Wakanda. Like he doesn't really have bad blood against Wakanda. Wakanda is an obstacle in his way towards achieving that goal. Um, that he then plans on turning into a stepping stone. But he's not a villain who just suddenly has a change of heart because he got beaten up. He still has the same goal. He just has learned that he has to go about it a different way. <laughs> yeah, it's it's nice to just not have a villain killed off um, before we just, get enough yeah. time. Yeah, and it's so frustrating when you get a really great villain and then they... They like mm -hmm. have to have to go away at the end. I'm I agree. I'm I still upset. There needs to be a second watch. Yeah. I think the first. I think you have to get all the emotion out in the first like one or two because it's a very mm -hmm. emotional experience. So I can see how it would be like a little bit harder to look at more of the nuance if you're just in the middle of feeling through the whole movie. Mm -hmm. I'm really really interested in Wakanda's yeah. relations with the rest of the world. I, I love <laughs> every conference scene. I'm like, give me more of those. I would love to continue to watch the U.S. try to steal vibranium from <laughs> war, war crimes. Like, we don't know that's what would happen. Especially when, and like... for Wakanda to straight up say, we know that's what you're going to do with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> I just, I, I would watch an entire movie of Wakanda just dunking on U.S. soldiers and coalition soldiers forever. <laughs> I mean, they do it in one scene in this movie, and it's hilarious to me, because it's like, these are like high-tier, like special forces, high-speed guys, and you've got women with fancy spears just annihilating them. <laughs> and cool little electric daggers. I love yeah. the little daggers, too. Oh, I love those. Oh, mechanical. Um, no, I was going to say, we are still supposed to be... We haven't heard anything, but it hasn't been officially canceled, at least, from what I've seen. Um, there's still supposed to be a Wakanda series coming to Disney+. Plus. Uh, that Ryan... Or Ryan Johnson. Um, Ryan Coogler is still attached to. Uh, live action? Live action. Um, and I think Denai... Guerrera? How is it Guerrera? I can never remember her last name. Yeah, I was gonna say, is it the series think, about the Dora Milaje? I originally, I think that was what the pitch was. I don't know how much of that is still the the plan, um, but I mean, with the fact that they expanded the cast with more recognizable actors oh, yeah. for that, yeah, you would expect to be like, hey, okay, let's go into that more. Um, and I mean, hey, we got a little bit of them in. Uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, um, which oh you didn't watch that either, haven't you? Haven't watched any Disney Plus stuff. I'm so mm. okay. So no. letting you know, in case you didn't know already, um, he's no longer Falcon. He is Captain America. 
Thank you. Okay. I, <laughs> I'm at least that far up to speed. <laughs> uh, Vision is is white now. Um, yeah. Okay. Like actually yep. white, not like me white. Like the color. This he's like this. I was like, oh, he's not Vishon. He's not Vishon. Although, no. from what I've seen, rumors wise with Vision Quest, which is supposed to be like the continuation of Vision's story. Um, Vi is supposed to be being introduced, his android daughter or synthetic mm-hmm. daughter or whatever. Um, so that is also something I'm excited for. Um, yay. Uh, <laughs> there's Disney Plus. Marvel's got so much shit coming out. Um, we've got, ooh, we're like a month and two weeks away from Quantumania, uh, mm. the new Ant-Man movie. Which, oh, I saw the previews for holy that. Holy shit. That looks yeah. nuts. Um, and th- it's like, how does how do you keep making infante- infinitesimal multiverse dimensions more nuts? And they just keep yeah. managing to do it. Um, I mean, I like Kim and I are just... Ever since the Loki show, which I just realized you haven't watched that and that's upsetting. Um <laughs> In the, like, single episode worth of content that Jonathan Majors was in, we cannot fucking wait for him to come back for, as Kang in this next movie. Because um, he is incredible. Uh, I mean, there, I love the fact that at one point there were, like, up until that Aviator movie came out, there were three trailers for Jonathan Major movies in front mm-hmm. of other movies I would go see. Because it's him as, like, a, a World War Two fighter pilot or something. Uh, Red Wings. There's there's Creed three where he's the main the main antagonist in the next movie, and then uh, Quantum Mania, and I'm like, holy shit, he's in everything, and I love this. I'm so glad your show got canceled. Uh, <laughs> Tails. That's what it's called. No, not Red Tails. Red Tails is I old. Red Tails is oh, old one. Lovecraft Country. Yeah, it's so upsetting that that got canceled. Um. But suppose I think that she's working on something too. That's a whole other thing. Uh, there's so many. Well, because she, the reason why she got she, they dropped the show is because she signed up to do content for another streaming platform. Jern, um, hmm? you're lying. No, no, really? no, 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 no. Not Journey Smollett. The uh, um, oh, the writer. The yeah. Director? Hold oh. on. I was like, dang, they shut the whole thing down for Journey. The power. Yeah. They do have something planned for 2025 called the Kang Dynasty as well. Oh yeah, there's he's got two basically two movies. Um, what is the name of the writer? Misha Green. Misha Misha has a new show or a movie or something I think in the works. Uh, nothing. Oh, ooh, film called The Mother. I don't know if that's why it got canceled, but whatever. That comes out this year. I don't know what it's about. I'm not going to read about it. We got too much to go through. Um, <laughs> but also, I'm like, oh, let me really quickly look through what Journey Smollett is doing because Journey Smollett. Um, no, okay. Any other movie stuff? We're going to cry more about. <laughs> well, Tata had great fight scenes. That's all. Yeah, I sure. distinctly remember halfway through the movie being like, I don't know how we're going to get out of this unless they just give up because they are fucking us up out here. <laughs> yeah. Um, I am. I, I don't know about you, but I I am excited for uh, the Ironheart show 
she was so fun. She yeah. was a much needed like funny like funny person. Yeah. And she was like the only one she was reacting like a normal, a normal person. person. Would be reacting. And yeah. I love that. I love when we get characters like that. Um but no, yeah. beyond that, yeah, can't wait to see wherever that goes. Uh more characters, more everything. Um all right, Nate. It's time to talk about games. Oh boy. Wasn't this why we started this podcast? Talk about games? No, we started this podcast because I like the sound of my own voice, let's be honest. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I blame Lou for that. Lou one time told me that he liked the sound of my voice, and I'm like, no, don't confirm my own feelings. Um and then this happened. Space Time Taco happened, and then the podcast happened. Uh, I love that you add and then delete things. Oh, it's you liked it so much. You're adding it to your 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 year, huh? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, wait a minute. Did that come out in 2022? It didn't. It didn't. Oh, <laughs> I didn't play it until 2022, though. So Nate did not. Go. Like son of a, I have so many games. <laughs> Nate did not play. That came out in 2018. Um, Nate didn't play Hades until Extra Life this year. Mm-hmm. He immediately went home and then messaged me, being like, "I bought, I, I bought Hades." <laughs> yep. Bought Hades. Got the Chamber Twenty Five. My very first run after that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> if we're gonna talk about games, then I guess I'll start with Hades since we've already bought it up. Um, I love Supergiant Games just as a game studio. Um, the stuff they made is artful and well crafted. Not just from a mechanical perspective as a game, but their games look amazing and sound amazing, which is what really pulls me into their stuff. I remember playing Bastion many, many years ago without really even knowing what Bastion was or who was making it. But I played the game like start to finish in a week because it was just that fucking good, honestly. Um, and then games like Transistor came out, and I like Transistor. Not my favorite game in the world. I do enjoy Transistor, though. And even if you don't like it, you have to admit it is a gorgeous-looking game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but Hades is the one that kind of put Supergiant on everybody's map most recently. Um, Hades is a phenomenal roguelike, and this is coming from someone who doesn't really like roguelikes. Honestly, I don't like games where part of the gameplay loop is to fail at some point, right? It It's frustrating for me to do that. There are games where I, I'm known for rage quitting. If I die too many times in a certain game, I will just stop playing that game for long periods of time. We stopped playing Overwatch for such a long time because of that. <laughs> um, but Hades is unique not just in its visual presentation and it's just a style which is very much super giant but in its gameplay loop where in this roguelike i know that on every run i do i'm getting that much closer to succeeding at some point and it's not in the way like say like a souls game where it's like well you have to learn a mechanic that doesn't explicitly explain to you ever you may have someone else have to explain that to you Hades doesn't do that. Hades gives me all the mechanics up front and shows me what I can do with them, and then it's up to me if I succeed or fail with those. But even when I do fail, I'm earning quantifiable things that help me do better the next time. 
right? Um, that's why I like this game so much. I haven't played a lot of it this year, but all of it I've played, I've enjoyed. Um, it's really just a game that has a way of pulling you in. And the fact that at the Game Awards, we were told that there's going to be a direct sequel to this, which is the first time Supergiant has done that. Mm -hmm. um, it, it was really just mind-blowing for me, honestly. Um, I'm excited for the sequel. I really need to get back into playing this more. It's just a really fun, really well-crafted game. And for Supergiant to be such a small studio but put out content of this caliber and quality really speaks to... Well, it, it shows the fact that if your company cares about the game they are making, like, this is the kind of thing you can produce, right? Um, so, I mean, even if you're not a fan of roguelikes like I'm not, I would say at least give Hades a try. I tried it and fell in love with the thing, honestly. Um, I'll talk about the only other game here no one has on their list real quick, which is <laughs> uh, 40k Darktide. Um, Warhammer 40,000 Darktide. Fight weapon, future year, gloomy space. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, I'm sure people who, people who aren't even into Warhammer have at least heard of Vermintide or Vermintide 2. Very popular games. Um, very Leopard to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, People I know who have never liked Warhammer have at least played Space Marine like on 360 when that came out. Um, but Darktide does fall into the vein of Vermintide where it's very much Left 4 Dead style horde type shooter and melee system uh, put into it. But set in the universe, a universe that I personally love and enjoy, which is Warhammer 40,000. Um, to give you a scope of the ridiculousness of this universe is... The characters you see on the box art, Space Marines, are eight foot tall, genetically modified super soldiers wearing armor that like weighs as much as a Ford F-150. And those are comparably weak to a lot of stuff in the universe. <laughs> um, there's just a lot of stuff in this universe. Basically, everything in this universe is, exists to fuck humans up. Like that's that's the entire reason that this that this world exists at this point. Um, and so it's when you hear the term grim dark, that's what 40k really is. It's a dark, dingy, disgusting, awful world to live in. But sort of the charm of it is that there are various races trying to survive and thrive in that world. Um, and just it's this idea of this constant struggle to do better. Um, I enjoy it. The gameplay is is just fun in 40k it's a game i can lose myself in for hours um if you liked games like left for dead or back for blood or daisy or just any kind of kind of horde shooter with a light rpg mechanic slapped onto it um that's just a really fun game to play and if you like warhammer 40k in general this game probably does Warhammer 40k the best. Um, it just portrays that universe so wonderfully for you. Um, so, yeah. Good game. I enjoyed it. <laughs> um, other than that, um, I'll, I'll do the one that me and Leslie both have on our list real quick, and we can segue into her stuff. Um, so, Gotham Knights. I played a lot of Gotham Knights. 
How much Gotham Knights have you played, Leslie? I have played a lot as well. Probably not <laughs> as much as you, but considering I don't get to play games a lot, I have been playing a lot of it. Okay. Which character did you pick first? Oh, uh, Batgirl. I, so, okay, so here's the thing. I started with Batgirl. I switched mm-hmm. to Robin for a little bit. I switched. I like dabbled in Nightwing. I switched mm-hmm. back to Batgirl, and then I just never went back. So I've already decided that I'm just going to have to play through it multiple times. Oh, yeah. And just do a run-through of, like, everybody each time. Because, yeah, Batgirl's just so much fun. So I just stuck there. What about you? I picked Red Hood. Um, I'm not Red... surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Most people aren't surprised by that, but Red Hood is legitimately, like, my favorite character out of the Bat family. Batgirl would be second in that list. Um, the game is just it's just a fun Batman game, honestly. <laughs> I mean people try to compare it to the Arkham games and things like that. And in some places it's not as good as those games, but it gives you a lot more to do and it gives you fun ways to do that stuff. Um, every character plays unique while you all have the ability to sort of do the same stuff. Each character's abilities, their individual abilities give you different ways of approaching doing those tasks, right? Like, if you're playing Batgirl, like, you have digital ghosts. You don't have to worry so much about security cameras. As Red Hood, I don't have that, which means if a security camera spots me, pretty much done for. <laughs> so I have to approach those kinds of things differently. Um, the new raids have been added. Those are those can be a lot of fun, but can also be very, very frustrating. <laughs> um, yeah, it depends on how you're geared. Um but yeah, I mean, it's a little bit, it's a mix of like the old Arkham games with a bit of Destiny thrown in there, and it's just all around fun. If you're a Batman fan, I think that's really the draw for this game. There's so much like backstory to the Bat family in this game. There's so much stuff to do with the Court of Owls and Leash, League of Assassins and that kind of stuff like that. It just, it gives you all of the little Batman fan servicey things you want. <laughs> Nate said literally everything I was going to say, <laughs> especially the Batman part, because I completely agree. This is a game for people who love Batman and the Bat world. I love the take on the villains. The fighting is really fun. A lot of it feels I love the city and like the way that the city feels alive. I've talked to Chris about it before because mm-hmm. we both also really enjoyed Spider-Man. <coughs> um, and I was just basically telling him like, if you loved Spider-Man, but you're not so much into Batman, it's just kind of like a less exciting Spider-Man. It's similar open world, like fighting crime type stuff, but it's obviously much more serious toned, mm-hmm. darker type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed, I really enjoy playing it. I'm not done. I'm done with Barbara's like story. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I think I'm like getting close to the end of the story part, but I'm also just there is literally some days when I'll be like logging in, like let's just fight crime today. <laughs> I'm not gonna do anything but just run around and like beat people up. That's good to hear. Yeah, it's I mean, a very yeah, and I love the story. I think the story is super interesting that they went ahead and just like <laughs> Bruce right in the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that that was actually kind of kind of the amazing thing is I knew before the game came out that like okay Batman's going to die at the beginning of this thing 
what I didn't know was well, what I didn't know in the big mystery for me is how he died, right? And I think they do it in a good way because it's like this is how I mean Batman has died before in comics, of course, but it's like this is one of the ways like this is how Bruce Wayne would want to go out, right? Is he's not like sitting in a chair somewhere waiting to be old and die of a heart attack. Like he's doing Batman shit when he dies. Doing Batman <laughs> shit. That's the best yeah. way to go out, yeah. And like the the whole game felt very like follow through, so it's like Batman's dead. And the longer that Batman is gone, the more shit's <laughs> popping up. Obviously the more shit's going down. I just I really oh, yeah. I would I don't like know. more villains, but that's just like... being greedy. <laughs> I would have loved more villains, but I think <laughs> I like what it did for, like I like what it was. Yes, I think the best part of it, them, like just thematically though, is I don't know if these villains really understand that Batman basically has four kids he trained to be like the deadliest ninjas on the fucking planet. So, <laughs> like, why did y'all think y'all could just go ham because Batman died? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Batman died, but there are four other Bat people, at least. Yeah, and it's funny, because similar to the villains, like, even the people on the street, like, some people are skeptical of you, some people just straight Mm -hmm. up make fun of you, some people are cheering you on. It just feels very... When I was driving around with Red Hood, they, like, dogged me hard. It was was upsetting at times. Oh, the police? (laughs) Not just the police, but just the average citizen. Like, you hear those little quips when you're on, like, the street level. Oh, um, yeah. And, like, one of them just straight up said, like, you're never going to be Batman. Wow. And I remember just stopping the yeah, bat cycle and, like, getting in that guy's face. <laughs> did you do like, the thing that I found out when the when I played the little bit I did where you can attack civilians over and over again and they won't die? They just know. go, oh, no, don't do that. Stop doing that. I didn't do that. But there are moments in games that make me treat NPCs like they're real people. And so, like... I legitimately got in somebody's face in a video game. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, the little bit I played of it, I think I, I went with Nightwing because I, I'm a mm-hmm. Nightwing person. Um, I just can't help it. I love Dick. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, I've always liked Nightwing the most. Um, I mean, it's, I, I blame the fact that I grew up on the, the cartoon where he was the original Batman or the original uh, Robin and then did grow up to be uh, Nightwing in the show and everything. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I messaged Leslie about this because I, I posted about not getting into it and the fact that I'm so glad that you, while you listened, looked at what I was saying about it, you also took my advice to being like, that doesn't mean don't try it because you probably will like it. It's just personally not something for me. Uh, and I'm glad so many people did like it. Um, I'm, I like more Batman games. Keep making Batman games. I mean, hell, my favorite Batman game was the fucking I Lego Batman the game. So, ones. <laughs> oh, Lego Batman was fun though. <laughs> yeah, and the movie is great. Yeah, that is a really good movie. Um, yeah. Well, Nate, if you want to go on to the last one that both of us played, uh, that the only reason I got to play is because, yay, broken Xbox. <laughs> um. Yeah, because Nate had Tiny Tina's Borderlands, I also, or Borderlands, Wonderlands, I have the wrong thing written here. Um, We both got 
Wonderlands, yeah. which meant I got to play at launch along with you. Uh, and mm. technically, we played multiplayer, as in we were <laughs> on Discord and played it together at the same time, not in the same world because it was broken as fuck. <laughs> but it was probably the most fun I've had with a Borderlands <laughs> style game uh, since oh. Borderlands 1. Um, mm-hmm. Like, 2 was even okay. Oh, I'm lying. I like that pre sequel. Pre sequel is really fucking good. Um, yeah. But no, the, good. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the fact that they took the, the idea and the mechanics and most of the, a good portion of the gameplay from the Borderlands games and kind of put a Dungeons and Dragons reskin on it to a certain extent, um, I really enjoyed that. The way that they played with. Uh, like overworld map and everything like that was really mm-hmm. inventive um and i'm just i'm glad that they were able to technically make a not borderlands game because like you give okay. so many companies that just get stuck making the same thing over and over again so well i think what really clicked for me in this as far as it technically not being a full-on borderlands game <clears throat> is when i learned that there's a feasible melee build you can make in this yeah. game <laughs> um <laughs> But uh, I, I enjoy it because it takes sort of the best parts of older Borderlands games and elevates those and invents on those in new ways while also putting you in that world of this game called Wonderlands that Tiny Tina is obsessed with. Um, and everyone remembers Assault on Dragon's Keep. That was probably like the best Borderlands DLC ever, really. Which I think they um, released it later as a standalone, too. Yes. So this takes like everything you loved about Assault on the Dragon's Keep along with just the regular traditional Borderlands formula and really just elevates that to another level. Um, all the humor you expect from Borderlands is still there. I mean, one of the scenes that's always stuck in my head is Mr. Tori literally blowing up the ocean. So... <laughs> um, but uh, beyond that... Uh, with things like the overworld, for example, I think one of the things people could have done without in Borderlands was just traveling from, or Wonderland, or Borderlands, sorry, I'm getting the two mixed up. The Borderlands formula had always driving in it, traveling from place to place, which eventually just got old really, really fast. Um, this game just does away with that and says, hey, here's an overworld, and you just go to that overworld to the location you want to go to next, right? Um the there's little subtle things that they added to it, like certain special bosses you discover in the world. If you defeat them, they'll have like statues or their head mounted in the central bar in the town. Um, you've got not the most robust character customization in the world, but enough to make your character feel unique and to make it feel like, yeah, this is something your character class would wear. If you were rolling this in a traditional D and D game, um, the DLC for the game is a bit lacking, but can be fun to play if you get a group of people together who really just want to focus on gearing up their characters and are more focused on creating an OP build with proper min-maxing stats and stuff. Um, that being said, the story in the game is honestly really the best part of it. Um, you have, of course, Tina's trauma with losing Roland and you know, not having friends to sit down and play this game with anymore. But then you also have this sort of other story where she's created this character 
in this world who is kind of just fed up being typecast really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he's just tired of being the villain because in his mind and really in Tina's mind, he was supposed to be the hero. Um, and so you get this sort of relatability to the characters that a lot of really, even the borderlands games themselves were kind of lacking. Um, just a really fun game. Honestly, if you liked playing borderlands at all, um, and you haven't played Tiny Tina's Wonderlands yet, I would say just just go ahead and do it, honestly. It's a good game. <laughs> e. Definitely. Uh, Leslie, do you have any other games that you played? Oh, yeah, you do. I see. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cult of the Lamb. Super cute. Super creepy. You play a literal lamb who is saved by death, by this entity that's trapped in what seems to be just like a blank space hell he tells you i'll let you live but you've got to build a cult around me and so there's like it's like half roguelike half farming simulator really half community management because you have all these followers that you have to take care of and like it's very very cute the animation is very unique to me like the art style is very interesting it's cutesy but then there are also really grotesque eldritch horror type characters that you have to fight against um so i just really liked that contrast but it's a lot of fun it's a very easy game to like pick up and put back down type thing i haven't played in a while though so yeah my followers are not doing good (laughs) is it real time it's is it real time no okay It's, it's like it tracks like days um, but no, it's not real time. Okay, good. I'm like, oh god, because uh, I know that was the one thing. Because um, I played the demo when it initially came out, and I absolutely loved that. But then I looked into it and saw how much of it was like having to take care of the village to a certain extent. I'm like, oh no, that's my least favorite part about games. Um, oh yeah, yeah. If you're not into like the the farming, building, like resource gathering type thing, but that's not the whole game. Yeah. So. It's kind of like you can always go out and fight stuff. They have like a little card game similar to, uh, or no, it's like dice game. But it's like, oh, okay. uh, it reminds me of like The Witcher 3 when you can go play Gwent whenever you want to. I don't know if you played The Witcher 3. Uh, I didn't because <laughs> I'm not a fan. Um, Ooh, hot t- you're not a fan? Oh, no. Of no. like the whole Witcher entity? You're not playing I, it? I don't like the game. I love the show. Um, okay, but I just could not get into the game. It that's fair. It's a massive game. It's so weird though because it, like you would expect me to like that game because of it being like the open world thing. Because I fucking love Skyrim. Skyrim is fantastic, uh, in like all the Fallout games. But there's just something about it that the world just didn't click with me in a gaming sense. Um, that's fair. But no, I, I don't know. It, I mean, it, so Call to Lamb though it it falls into and Nate and I talk about this all the time. One of our favorite publishing companies is Devolver Digital. They they do no wrong, basically, so far. They're, they've got a very consistent track record. Um, and I know they've made some of your favorite games, or published some of your favorite games with uh, Hotline Miami, so it's no, no surprise that they put out another game that you really liked. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's really fun. <clears throat> and then Evil Dead. I mean, I love Evil Dead, the movie... I love Evil Dead, the TV show. So much of the game outside of just 
the Left for Dead shootery part mm-hmm. is the like Easter eggs and the characters and those kinds of references that are really fun. But it's also because it's like four on one, you're actually fighting against somebody else, which can make it a little more frustrating. Yeah. Sometimes they're like so good. Um, but it's fun and it's not just like shooter. There's like not a mystery to it, but there are objectives that you have to achieve before everybody dies and like all this stuff. Because it kind of has a little bit, not super dead by daylight, but like you having to complete things to escape and survive, though. Yeah, Um, it's very much like if you enjoy Dead by Daylight, you could enjoy this game. But I mm -hmm. could also see if there are aspects of Dead by Daylight you don't like, you could find what you do like in Evil Dead or vice versa. It's like just close enough, but it still deviates enough. Like I could get Liz to play Evil Dead. Before I can get them to play really? Dead by Daylight. Yeah. I know my the <laughs> my favorite thing I've seen of the gameplay, because I haven't touched it at all. I wanted to, and I never got around to it. Um, but when you are just the evil entity and not actually possessing a playable character, and the fact that it does the, the fly around like the camera work from the movie, and I'm like, that looks incredible. Um, but that's really all I know about the game beyond that. Oh, uh, yeah. It looks great. Yeah. It the graphics are really well done and they just added the well not just but they added the castle kandar like level oh. and that's massive yeah Ooh. from evil dead 2 and that's pretty big and it looks like they're going to keep continuing to add content which i really like i was worried that maybe they wouldn't yeah like, do they have it. do they have any maps from or levels or whatever from um from the tv show yet or uh no, no, okay. I don't think so. But like Pablo's one of the characters. They've got like there's certain things that have happened in the show that also happen mm-hmm. in the game. It's pretty fun. Okay, you could go to the cabin, like the cabin. Oh yeah, um, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it it did look so fun. It's just again, I so many of those multiplayer games. I just know I'm never gonna spend time yeah. playing them. So I was gonna, yeah, I was also gonna say it's much more fun to play with other people. I don't think I've yeah. ever tried to play by myself. Yeah, no solo um, queue. And they yeah. don't have like a bot mode like a Overwatch. They do now. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. They didn't hmm. used to, but they've they updated it, so. All right. Well, I've actually played a decent amount of games, but I actually because of mostly because of time uh cuz it's we're three hours, three and a half hours into recording. Oh no, what I do? Um, and I have work in the morning, very early in the morning. Uh, but just to mention, not go into anything about them, just say how much I loved and enjoyed my honorable mentions real quick. Uh, waited forever to finally play it. Tunic is incredible. If you love Zelda games, fucking play that game. Um, Loot River, another roguelike game. Um, very quick runs, fun mechanics. Very different from any other roguelike I've played. Um, the Gunk, I forgot that I played through the entirety of that on stream in like April of this year. Uh, that's that weird, like, platformer adventure game that the main character is voiced by Fiona Nova. Um, and oh, that's so what? Yeah, I have no clue. yeah. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shredder Revenge. If you love beat 'em ups, if you loved specifically the Scott Pilgrim game, it's That's made by the same too. team. It is so, so good. good. It's um, so 
we pl- I played through the entire story on my own, and then we played through the entire campaign again on um, stream for Extra Life this year. Uh, I actually got my Steam in review the other day, and it told me the game I played the most of this year was Power Wash Simulator, and I understand why. <laughs> it is such a good just zone out and relax game. Um, in a game that I never thought I would actually play or enjoy, fucking Elden Ring. I hate Souls games. Elden Ring is incredible. Um, I understand why it won so many fucking Game of the Years. It's not my Game of the Year, personally, but still fantastic. Um, I don't have to talk about you anymore. Cool. Uh, The three games that I haven't already mentioned already um, that I did want to talk about was one, Tinykins, which was his own Game Pass. I think it's still on Game Pass. Uh, I played the demo when it originally came out, when they initially announced it on... I believe it was a wholesome game announcement. Um, it might have been one of the many other things. Uh, but basically, it is... It's a Pikmin collect-a-thon game. Um, there's not really co- combat like there is in Pikmin, but it's these giant open-world levels with all of the characters and creatures 2D-drawn... Um, so that it's very much, you're always looking at the full figure and it, it's a really interesting kind of like paper Mario style almost. Um, but it beautiful game, love the world in the, 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 like the writing in, cause actually I don't normally pay attention to writing. I don't care. I skip through so much story. Um, I'm horrible about that. I like, sometimes I'm just like, just like Liz. Sometimes there are, sometimes I get really into the story. Um, other times I'm just like, I don't care about this. Let me just fucking punch some people. Um, but no, the, I love the exploration in like the leveling up and the different types of, I, they're called tinykins are the actual thing, the, but the like Pikmin things, um, they have all these different abilities, uh, and it's just fun trying to solve everything and find all the hidden secrets throughout the worlds. Um, and it's a pretty quick game. It is like I listed on the the notes one of three games i actually rolled credits on because i don't finish games most of the time um i'm horrible about that uh the only other two that i rolled credits on are the gunk and the teenage mutant ninja turtles game which is a very short game um (laughs) so i highly recommend that it's on game pass if you have game pass you can play it um the other game that i put a good chunk of time in uh was pokemon violet I know, I know people have complained about the visual components of the game and how it, the frame rate isn't the greatest. I don't fucking care. This is probably the best version of Pokemon that has come out so far. Um, I have talked about it at length in other podcasts. It really has just like thinking about it more. This is probably one of my favorite games of the year. Um, and it's it's kind of like as much as I said, Sword and Shield was all I ever wanted from a, a console Pokemon this is what I wanted the next progression to be. Um, and hopefully, maybe next time they give them more time to polish it up. Who fucking cares? It's great. Uh, and I hate to admit it, Nate. I know we didn't put, like, Game of the Years and shit. But I think my Game of the Year is probably fucking Disney Dreamlight Valley. <laughs> <laughs> I put so much goddamn time into this do? game. Is you... it just Animal Crossing and Disney? Basically, 
it's you are com- you are completing different random like quests which are usually just find items make food build a thing and give them to different characters um and you're slowly like bringing back because the the world that you go into has been destroyed by like some weird memory lost demon bullshit i don't know yet you, you never beat it you know it's it's an animal crossing game so it goes on for fucking ever um but unlocking and and like growing your friendship with all the different Disney characters is so much more fun and rewarding than you would have ever expected it to be. Um, the fact that I got to choose to immediately become friends with Wally, best game, nine out of ten. I'm saying <laughs> nine out of ten. It could have been better. It's a little wonky. Not the greatest when it comes to performance. Um, I've had more issues with that game than I ever have with Pokemon. Um, Oddly enough, my three favorite games on this list, which being Dreamlight Valley, Pokemon Violet, and Tinykins, have all been glitchy for me. <laughs> like Tinykins, well, that's a testament to how great they are. Yeah, Tinykins. Um, I had the issue of the game kept lo- like soft locking mm-hmm. after beating the first level, so I couldn't progress any further. So I had to, luckily, because of it being on on PC and on Xbox my save transferred over to the Xbox so I could play and it had no issue over there. For some reason, it just kept stopping. I don't know why. Uh, I actually have like DM conversations with the developers on t- Twitter about it. Um, but no, D- Disney Dreamlight Valley, it like it perfectly hit and took over that Animal Crossing itch. Like I haven't touched Animal Crossing since maybe end of 2020 early 2021 oh, i just i just went back yeah i keep i keep going back i'm afraid to know what my island looks like at this point um so many weeds all the bugs i'm just playing time it's i'm playing like i'm looping like the same day over and over again until i do everything i want this day. <laughs> nice um yeah, I'm glad that they made it a little bit easier to break things. Um, so one of the things I like about Dreamlight Valley, or one of probably my favorite thing, I hate games that have an energy system where it's like, oh, you're done, you've used up all your energy, you can't do anything else until tomorrow. Uh, whether that be in like real time, because in, even in Animal Crossing, it hits a point where it's like, hey, there's nothing else you can do today. I'm like, ah, oh, fine, whatever. Um that frustrates me a lot about mobile games. Yeah, well, and it also frustrates me with... I want to love a game like Stardew Valley. But the fact that I can only play so much before it's like, alright, you gotta go to bed. I'm like, why? What is the point of that? <laughs> um, this is a fictional world. Uh, Dreamlight Valley functions where you do have an energy system. Once that energy goes down, you can either eat to refill little bits at a time, or you literally just walk back into your house and then walk back out and you have full energy. That's <laughs> so hilarious. You can just you can continuously play the game, no stop. There is nothing stopping you from can progressing through the game. Um, and like, there's this one thing where it's like, hey, all the characters have sleep cycles, so as the time goes throughout the in-game world. Some of them are asleep, so you can't interact with them. But there's kind of a way around it with certain characters. Um, Both Goofy and uh, Scrooge, there are areas where you can go... What? Your boy Scrooge. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. Um, Scrooge, anytime you want to upgrade something, 
you just go up to a sign and be like, I want to pay you money. And he actually comes out and says, all right, give me your money. And if you say no, he'll just stand there for a second and start to walk away, even if he's supposed to be asleep. So you can literally be like, oh, crap, I need Scrooge for something, but he's sleeping. Let me go trick him into waking up real quick. That's funny. <laughs> so it's so easy to just be like, oh, I need him real quick. Let me get that. Cause he, and then he just forgets he was asleep. Yeah, exactly. Um because you can, it, as you build up your friendship with all of them, you, like, give them, assign them something that they give you bonuses in. So, like, for him, I made him so anytime I go mining, he gives you a chance of getting more uh, more gems and money and whatever the resources you're mining. Uh, he was, like, the first person that I got at full, at max friendship level. <laughs> It's like him and um I think I maxed him and Wally before anybody else. So, so it's been forever since I played because you know other games have come out since then, but I I fucking love it. It's so good. <laughs> I did not yeah. I did not expect to love this game as much as I did. I see people posting pictures of them just like chilling with Donald mm-hmm. or like the princesses. The actual princesses. Yeah. <laughs> Moana, Moana is in the game. <laughs> the real ones, not the. This will be, Leslie. I will. We can have a separate episode where I break down who is and who isn't a Disney princess. Oh no! I know what I know. I know. You know who is a Disney princess? <laughs> what? Who? Princess Leia. Yes. Okay. I did know that. Good. Uh, who who is not, and I refuse to accept it, no matter how much they're trying to make money off of it. Anastasia will never be a Disney princess because fuck you, Disney. <laughs> no, she's not. She wasn't even no made by Disney. She wasn't, but she was a Fox property. So Disney bought out Fox and now owns Anastasia. So yeah. they're trying to put her in the parks. That feels different. They aren't putting her in the parks, but they're selling Anastasia merchandise. Like there's a 25th oh, anniversary no. pin, and I'm like, Mm-mm, no, that seems fucking. I don't feel good about that. No, <laughs> that doesn't feel good. Like they're literally, yeah, okay, not gonna go into that. That could be a whole other goddamn podcast. Yeah, um, I would actually love if we could just put a pin in the princess podcast. Okay, I would totally, I would totally <laughs> love to hear your taste. Oh God. All right. Well, is there anything else anybody wants to talk about from the last year? Uh, I mean, Leslie specifically, I feel like you were part of a really cool thing from the last year that you guys started up. Oh, yeah, which is probably why I have watched and played nothing this year. Yeah, (laughs) you've you've been a little busy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so much of my life has been taken over by Nerdlesque, but... I'm really looking forward to this next year. I, you guys have inspired you've inspired me so much to like jump back into new stuff instead of watching the same old thing over and over again, which is what I usually do. I am keeping this list. <laughs> this t- this time next year, we're gonna have a what did Leslie actually watch? Do we have to wait that long? Can we do it like partway through this year? Yes, we'll okay. do a mid we'll do a mid season check in. <laughs> If anything, I feel like after this, I feel like we need to get you on and do more episodes in general. Yeah, yeah I could. I honestly, I could listen to you guys talk all day. This was so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Nate, you have anything else to talk about? No, I think we've pretty much summed up the year. Um, it's it's been a fun one with you know the podcast we've done so far. 
Um, we have other things in the pipeline for the upcoming year. Yeah, I um, think we've I think we've gotten down. It's only taken a, two years, but I think we've gotten down this not in person podcast thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've got some things again in the pot in in the pipeline for the year, right? Um, we're probably going to ramp up the streaming again. Um, get that going. Uh, just more content in general. Try to put out more stuff. Come up with a proper plan to put out more stuff. Yeah. Uh, that won't be this week because I have a very busy mm-hmm. weekend. Um, what? I we got a whole Starting, festival. Yeah, not, not whole now. festival. Um, horses. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. You've got Megfest. Yeah, I am very excited to be very exhausted. Um, <laughs> got three three more sleeps, right? Mm-hmm. Are you going to do a post? Can we get a post Magfest recap? I'm going to try and do so because we said we were going to do it the first time, but we were so like out of it. And that was the year that I may or may not have gone home with COVID. <laughs> yeah. Well, the guidebook's out now, so. Yeah. Hey, are you going to? No, I'm actually not going this year. Um, no, I I keep trying to make plans for Magfest and other things keep happening. Hopefully, I will be going next year. Hopefully, I will actually have things together that I want to do next year. Cosplay has always been like a big thing on the checklist to do, so I just have to get things together ready to do that. I just added a new cosplay to what I want to do. I have a I, I have an ever growing oh list of cosplay that I want to do and I'll never do any of it. Put a pin in the cosplay conversation because oh it's getting late. But I yeah, really yeah, want yeah, to yeah. hear what you want to dress up as. I'm so excited. Can we do a space time group cosplay, please? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't even care. You can put me in somebody. I have no clue who it is. I have no. I don't even care. <laughs> oh God. All right, well, in that case, thank you for joining us on another episode of Space Time Taco. As always, you can follow us on all the social media if you like what we do and what we say and what we look like and all the dumb, wonderful things that come out of my brain and Nate's brain and now Leslie's brain. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you can follow us at Space Time Taco literally everywhere. Uh, you can follow me everywhere at Timer Burrito. You can follow Nate only on Twitter. <laughs> at a little teapot <laughs> and you can follow leslie i don't remember you it's confusing because you're different on different platforms right uh yeah so on instagram i'm just kimono jones on twitter i'm kimono underscore jones okay i'll make sure that that shows during the i can't the... vouch for the guy who took my <laughs> took kimono i'm jones so on mad about that too cannot yeah. endorse Ugh. Me too. He's not yeah. even using. Just, just I was going to say if and well, no, that's the thing. If if any of the things uh, Melon Husk said were to actually come true, where he's like people that are just sitting on names, where he's getting rid of those accounts, that'd be great. Let that happen. Let you have the actual name for once. Anyway, I stop. It's way too fucking late. I have work at four <laughs> o'clock in the morning. Um, <laughs> go inside and play video games. And happy New Year. Happy, happy New Year. Year.